It's the Breakcast. Breakcast. The PopBreak.com. Breakcast. Breakcast. Listen to the show. Because you're in for the PopBreak.com. Breakcast. Breakcast. Oh, Welcome to the Breakcast, the official podcast of thepopbreak.com. I'm your co-host for this podcast. My name is Bill Bodkin, and I am the editor-in-chief of the site. And when it comes to the Oscars, as always, for the fifth year, I am joined by our illustrious film editor and Oscar guru, Mr. Dan Cohen. And don't worry, guys. We will be predicting the right movies. We won't be reading the wrong films like last year. That joke will happen at least five times during the upcoming ceremonies happening on Sunday. But it will be the last joke we make about it in this podcast, right? Probably, yes. Um, No guarantees. I am a dad, and I do make a lot of bad dad jokes. But, Dan, we are here. This is our, our fifth Oscar podcast. Um, I feel like this is possibly the most prepped I've been for an Oscar podcast. I am not going to make the prediction of American Sniper is going to dominate the Oscars like I did one year. Um, this is our favorite time of year when it comes to awards. So uh, how do you feel going into this Oscar season? What are the big storylines you think are heading into the big show coming up in the first weekend of March? Uh, just as a heads up, we are recording this on Sunday, February 25th, exactly seven days before the big ceremony. Well, as you mentioned before, it is Oscar time, the best time of the year, let's be honest. And yeah, when I, you know, when I think about this year's Oscars, uh, when I think about the competitiveness of the major categories this year, there's, yeah, there's some pluses and minuses. The minuses are, I think, with the four acting categories, there's not a ton of intrigue. These ones seem to be kind of locked up. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe a couple question marks, uh, but we will certainly get into that. When you look at the other major categories, uh, you know, best adapted screenplay, that's kind of a lock, but we'll talk about that one. The three, though, of the major categories that offer plenty of intrigue, first of all, you got best director, and telling you right now, people are leaving that category for dead. They think it's a lock, and... I, I will save the Christopher Nolan soliloquy later when we talk about Best Director. Don't you worry. Um, but the other two, when you look at Best Original Screenplay this year, that category is crucial this year, critical. And I think that could have a a lot of bearing on who wins Best Picture this year. And then, of course, when we talk about Best Picture, there are, I'm telling you, there are five legit movies that could take this award and i'm not just saying that as like a hot take you know this isn't me overthinking anything you know i'm not just trying to trick myself into thinking there's more intrigue at the oscars this year but it's absolutely in the realm of realism that five movies could take it and so when you're asking me you know what is going to be the big takeaway of the night you know what will everybody be talking about monday morning uh the shape of water 13 nominations, won the PGA. Del Toro won the DGA. It is 
projected to be to, to own the night. And I'm telling you right now, I think that there is a chance that movie could fall flat on its face come Oscar night. I, I think, you know, like I said, it's nominated for 13 awards. I think it's guaranteed to win one of them. One, and that is best score, which I know you want to talk about later on as well. I do. Um, I know you you have some thoughts on that one, but and it's probably going to win best production design. Although I would not count out Blade Runner twenty forty nine for that one. Uh, so look, and I'll admit, you know, a little bit of personal bias here because my review for Shape of Water is on the site. It's a good movie. I like it, but I think it is very overrated. And it just and I actually went to see this movie a second time. I wanted to really give it another chance. And I pretty much feel the same way about it. It's just when that movie ends, I I, I just don't get the best picture feel. I, I don't know. But we're certainly going to talk about that more in depth later on. And, you know, when you compare it to other movies that are nominated for Best Picture, like Three Billboards and Get Out, which also have, you know, a big chance to take home the big award, you know, those are movies that do leave, for me, a very lasting impression. And uh, that kind of leads me to my to my second nugget of the night. And what could be the big takeaway is, um, you know, I'm curious to see what you think, but I, I think you would agree with me that kind of like the two movies, there are nine movies nominated for Best Picture, okay? And the two movies that I feel like are kind of the fan favorites and the ones that people really love just universally are Get Out and Lady Bird, both of which both of which in both of which could absolutely take best picture. Um, But I just want to warn people. I also think there is a real likelihood that both those movies walk away with nothing. And so you want to talk about your big takeaway come Monday morning, you know, what is everybody talking about at the water cooler at work? That could be your story. I think um as you were just saying there's five movies that could walk away with um the Oscar. I think there's a bunch of movies that have been nominated in this best picture category that could walk away with nothing. I believe last year the joke was Suicide Squad won Oscar, um Hidden Figures, no Oscars. Uh, yep. There are a number of Best Picture nominees that could walk away with zero Oscars this year. Um, however, I find this year's Best Picture category, um, in particular, like you said, there's a lot of competition here. But it's also like – I feel like in years past, we always have like one – like small film that kind of came out of nowhere and is, you know, I guess you want to say punching above its weight level. Uh, it, because Ooh, I like that. Yes. For last year, uh, Moonlight uh, and the year before Spotlight, sadly, there is nothing with the word light in it because that would obviously be my choice uh, for the winner of Best Picture. Credit uh, to you. You got Moonlight right last year. I, that was a That was a great call by you. I really had to make up for American Sniper. Um, <laughs> I really did. Um, I picked Boyhood that year. So, yeah, you know, you call me the Oscar guru at the beginning of this podcast, but three years in a row I've gotten Best Picture wrong. So fourth time's a charm. Yeah. But this well, this one I think people wouldn't, get, wouldn't, give you, wouldn't give you guff for. But I look at it this year. It's like you see the, there's a lot of movies that have the same story. Get Out. Lady Bird, Three Billboards, Call Me By Your Name, um, mm-hmm. all smaller budgeted films that not only went on to critical acclaim, but big financial success. Three Billboards, I believe, just passed $100 million. Uh, we all know the Get Out story, $5.4 million budget, um, just destroyed at the box office. Lady Bird, very modest budget indie film. 
Um, you know, a twenty four really Rotten Tomato roll. score through the roof. Yeah, uh, had what had the perfect score for or the highest Rotten Tomato score. Does it still hold the record? Um, I, I don't. I it, I think it might. I don't know. It was like what I think it was that or I think Toy Story three or something like yeah, that. I, I don't beat know, Toy Story whatever. three at one point. And oh, shape of loved. and shape of water. Not exactly a high budgeted movie at all, despite what it looks like. Which I have to give a lot of credit to the to that film. Yeah, it sure. looks like a hundred million dollar budget, but you know, especially with the effects and stuff. But um, and uh, call me by your name, another independent film did very well at the box office. Did very well critically. Um, but that's you know, I gotta say that movie. I think a couple months ago, people were really saying like, "This is your best picture winner." Oh, like, absolutely! It's it, has, the Oscars, it has. You know, lost that's it. But it, it lost a ton of them. It just did not hit. It just did not hit home for people like some of these other ones did. But but I feel like that that story that line that like some people there's that underdog. Mm-hmm. You have five movies that or four or five movies that beat that, and I feel like in other years some of these films that were nominated um, would have been a slam dunk for an Oscar, um, or even decades ago would have been a slam dunk for the Oscar, like Dunkirk and. Uh, 2003 would have been a slam dunk for the Oscar. Right. Yeah. 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 Great uh, point. The, the post. Not... The post might have been a, a slam dunk for an Oscar, like in the in the mid 90s. You know what I mean? By the way, can I just I just want to because I want to harken back to something that you said that I thought was interesting is that you look at these nine Best Picture nominees and you said there's a good chance that a few of them could walk away with nothing. Yeah. I think out of the nine, I think there's one movie on here that is guaranteed like 100 percent will walk away with nothing and that is actually the post that will win zero oscars this year because phantom because phantom thread is going to win best costume design for example that would be like (laughs) if it doesn't win best costume that movie deserves to win no oscars because it's a movie about like uh, fashion and i just so phantom thread and that was when when nominations were being released that was the big shocker of the day that Phantom Thread, because it had nothing at the guild. It really did not. Not, not, even, not even Daniel Day Lewis. And it came out of nowhere. And I just want to say, you know, we complain so much about the movies that don't get in, but I. I, and I've been really championing Phantom Thread. I've been telling everybody I know to go see this. And they're always like, seriously, that one? And I'm telling you guys, if you haven't seen Phantom Thread, please do. It is remarkable, and it deserves all the accolades it is getting. Well, let's uh, let's just segue into, if, if you wouldn't mind, let's segue into some of our surprises and snubs that we said. No, Dan, had, Dan always has a great column every year on the site uh, about the surprises and snubs. But I think... What we like to do on this podcast, we always like to say about we, we come to the day and we're like, usually the surprises, you know, kind of end up working themselves out with various nominations, various wins. The hype train keeps rolling, but the snubs kind of get forgotten. They're, they fall by the wayside, except for the day of them. Then we remember them because uh, we love the negative. So, Dan, let's <laughs> talk about some of the um, the people we thought were, you know, should have deserved an Oscar or, or definitely deserved to be more in the conversation or maybe even deserve to be there uh, next Sunday, uh, getting their name read off as a nominee. Right. And can you just allow me? I know it's an annual rant that I go on every year, but it's a tradition here on the podcast where I rant about, you know, basically the reaction to snubs. And it's something I make the same joke every year. But this is what people love to do is whenever the Oscar nominations get announced, you have people who just want to sit in front of a fireplace and read off every single movie that came out in 2017 
And it's just we overreact way too much to snubs. You can't nominate everything. It's just the way it is. And a lot of these categories are really deep. And for me, a snub, I, what I consider a snub, is a movie that was projected to be a lock that doesn't get it. Or at the very least, something that was very likely kind of right in the bubble. But for an example, like a true legit snub would be Foxcatcher a few years ago not getting nominated for Best Picture. Right. Ridley Scott not getting nominated for Best Director for The Martian. And we definitely have a big directing snub, which we'll get into. Um, so look, for me, I, there's actually a few there's, – there's definitely a few snubs that we can talk about. Um, you know, well, first of all, let's actually just jump right into Best Actor. Uh, so, okay, James Franco, the disaster artist, you know, at the he won actually the Golden Globe for Best Actor in Comedy. And he was – seemed to be a lock for a nomination, but right after he won the Golden Globes, you know, obviously there's some stuff that came out about him, you know, allegations, inappropriate con, you know, inappropriate, you know, conduct towards women. So, yeah. So, so obviously when that stuff came out, pretty much his Oscar nomination evaporated. So, you know, I'm not, I think you have to, I think you have to say that the film too, I think the film was, in line to be to be nominated for best picture i, I think uh, it had, I, I think it no, had a good I chance think actually even, i mean it was kind of being talked about but it i mean it didn't get a pga nomination and i think that i think the pga if i'm not mistaken uh I, and i don't think you know i don't think it was projected it was definitely on the bubble it, it, there's no doubt about that but i think that, uh, i think all those allegations pushed it off the bubble made it much easier for it not to make the cut I think that's a good point because, I mean, let's face it, James Franco was all, also the director for this movie. So he's, you know, he's associated, you know, with this film. I mean, the only the only nomination it got was uh, in Best Adapted Screenplay. So, look, you know, the, the whole Franco thing, like, I'm not going to say that's a snub because, you know, you can't fault the Academy for what they did. Um, I will say, though, OK, so basically the guy who took his spot was Denzel Washington for Roman J. Israel, right? And th- <sighs> let's, not, let's not get too much into that yet. We'll get to that. I, I just, the only thing I just want to say, because I, this is going to lead me into another snub, because, you know, and I understand the argument like, hey, even because Roman J. Israel is not really a good movie. It wasn't received very well. One of the worst but posters I get, but I, I've ever seen. <laughs> but I get the argument of – Hey, there can still be Oscar elements in a, you know, in a bad movie. For example, we brought it up earlier, Suicide Squad. No problem with that. I detest that movie, but no problem with uh, that movie winning for best makeup at the Oscars. Absolutely not. Um, So for me, like, you know, I think that spot should have gone to Tom Hanks, who was also considered for The Post. And The Post is not. I I agree. And The Post is not a movie I love that much. But I do think his performance was great. So, you know, I, I, I would have had him for that. Is there anything in Best Actor that you see, uh, you know, snub-wise? Hank, or? Hanks, was my big, Hanks was my big one. I, actually, if anyone's followed this podcast in years past, I usually don't see any of the movies nominated for Best Picture due to work and I have a kid. But I, I, I saw four of the nine nominated and I, I did see the post. And I honestly thought Hanks should have been in there. And, like, I, I think he – over Meryl Streep even. Um, well, they're both. I mean, they're both. Like, they're they're, they're the good. two films film that are great. I also would have thrown Bob Odenkirk in as a potential, but that's just me. Uh, I I think yeah, Tom Hanks is the big acting one for me uh, that I, I'm surprised was not thrown in there. Oh, Dan, we forgot to do our annual. Oh, annual. All right, guys, let's let's be realistic. Argument <laughs> of okay, 
Wonder Woman didn't get nominated for Best Picture. Okay. It wasn't going to get nominated. The only comic book movie that had even a shot to get nominated for Best Picture was Logan. And even then, like, it was I, look, shot. if this was, yeah, and if, look, if this was the Dan Cohen, Bill Bodkin Academy Awards, we would have put Logan in. We would have won, probably. We, yeah, we would have put Blade Runner 2049 in, I think. But again, it's just, I can't, I can't say those are snubs because they never had a realistic chance. And I know, Did and look, Wonder Woman. All the, all the rest of the Best Picture snubs or no? Well, actually, I want to, I, I, there's a couple I do want to talk about yeah, with yeah. Best Picture because, so, and again, I you know, Wonder Woman, it gave people a lot of false hope, just like Deadpool last year. Because just both, like Guardians of the Galaxy the year before. Well, but, but even more like so. Star Wars. Hold, hold, no, hold, hold the phone, hold your horses. But even more so than like with Guardians or Star Wars is that Wonder Woman and Deadpool got PGA nominations. And yes, the Producer Guild nominations are the best barometer for predicting who will get best picture who will be nominated for best picture but not as much anymore because the voting process for both is very different so look i if we're talking best picture snubs um and again you know these are snub s because they were still sort of long shots but i would have i would have liked to have seen i tonya in yeah. there i really like that film a lot and also one that i predicted that i thought was going to get in was the big sick that's the one and i, I would have put yeah. i would have put either of those movies instead of darkest hour which to me good movie but really it's just you know it's just the gary oldman show that was the, i think that was the one i your phantom thread made more of the headlines coming out of nowhere but i think more a lot of people will like now that you think about it it's paul thomas anderson it's daniel day lewis i mean come on it's like common sense and Leslie Manville gets the nomination, so you're like, okay, it makes sense. But when it came to Darkest Hour, you're like, the only thing you ever heard about this movie was, wow, Gary Oldman's awesome. But you never heard anything about the movie. So this, to me, like that kind of is like almost like an akin to an imitation game type nomination, um, where it just kind of is like, really, well, all right, you know, you know. Well, the, the, imi- but, but the imitation. I mean, that's a good point. Although I will say, the imitation game that was. I mean, everyone knew that was going to get in. Darkest Hour for Best Picture, I think, surprised a lot of people because I, I think a lot of people saw it like I did, which is just like, yeah, Gary Oldman. That's pretty much it. I'd say the big sick. I mean, movies that like I, I don't say are snubs, but I thought would have been more in the conversation um, during this time. All the money in the world had a lot going into it. Yeah, sure. Um, one I thought, like, just going into it just on paper, uh, I guess, was The Greatest Showman. Because I remember when we were talking about Logan, we were like, uh, probably Greatest Showman will cancel that out almost. But, I mean, that only got the singing nomination. The singing yeah, I nomination. think people only like I think people only like that movie for the soundtrack, yeah. which is really good. Yeah, and um, I'm trying to think if there's another one. No, there was no other. One. Well, I think in just in some of the just in really quickly, I mean, you know, like best actress. I don't think I mean, the only the only question with best actress was that fifth spot. Would it be Michelle, Meryl Michelle Williams, maybe? Or, uh, I, would, I was actually going to say Jessica Chastain for Molly's game. I think the only because there are four locks in that category, like everybody knew Margot Robbie, Sally Hawkins, Francis McDormand and Ronan for Lady Bird. They were going to get it. The only question mark was that fifth spot between Meryl Streep. And Jessica Chastain, both are great. And let's be honest, and I think I have some calm for predictions. Like, I'm not going to be the moron that doesn't pick Meryl Streep. And surprise, surprise, she got in. Exactly. Um, yeah, anyone else, you know, into supporting roles or anything? Well we, have to, well, we have to talk about the big one, which is in Best Director. 
Okay, let's go it's, to it. Martin McDonough. Shocking. Didn't get it. And I don't know what it is about Best Director, but that is it's the category that's mo- the most prone to snubs. Well, you, had Aff- the famous, yeah, ben, you had the ben famous Affleck. one, Ben Affleck for Argo. Also in that same year, um, I believe Catherine Bigelow did not get nominated for uh, Zero Dark Thirty, uh, which is which was crazy. Um, and then you also had uh, a couple of years ago, like I mentioned, Ridley Scott not getting it for The Martian, which, you know, I mean, I think is a movie that's kind of overrated. But people were talking about maybe he could win that award and he wasn't even nominated. So this one, you know, three billboards. It is absolutely one of the, you know, legit best picture contenders. Right. Mm-hmm. And everyone just assumed that he, Martin McDonough would get one of those spots. Um, and the surprise was that Paul Thomas Anderson got in for Phantom Thread and not him. And, you know, this one, like, I, I can see why he didn't get a nomination here, because when you look at the other five directors in this category, they really do offer like a very distinct, unique style to their movies. And don't get me wrong. Martin McDonough does a fantastic job directing that film. It is very efficient, you know, flawless. It's just that movie is more about screenplay actors and it's not like from a directing standpoint there's nothing that like is earth shattering about it so i can see kind of the methods the madness on why he might be the odd one out looking in yeah and i i I'm, i do like martin mcdonough a lot i i am a big fan of in bruges and i do like seven psychopaths a lot um one uh, and i know you will not care about this snub i know exactly which one you're gonna say go ahead and i'll I'll just i'll also derail my own argument too and that is the uh lego batman movie was not nominated for best animated feature and damn before you you just have to groan any harder or your eyes roll out of your head um it wasn't gonna get nominated and i was thinking about it just a lot today now i think it was an extremely funny movie extremely smart movie it's a very well done movie. Uh, it's still a step behind the original Lego movie, which Dan and I both thought was it was a, an extremely good movie. That huge. was a snub. That was a huge snub. But you know, for mer- for movies like Boss Baby and Ferdinand to get in o- over uh, okay. that. I, now, here's the thing. I, I, I was thinking I, about go, this, go and if you if people aren't watching animated movies, there are so many Lego movies out there that are just direct to DVD or direct to VOD. That people are just people might just be like, oh, whatever. This is just another one of those, you know, Lego Scooby Doo or Lego this. And there are Lego superhero movies like Lego Justice League and stuff, I believe. And so people probably wrote it off as, oh, this is one of those silly movies. I mean, the Lego Ninjago movie came out and that, that was not getting an Oscar nomination. So it's not it's not the crime of the century. But I, I thought it's, it's not. It's a movie that was I thought much. It was very funny. It was smart. I think it should have got a nomination, but I'm going to, I'm going to take your, I'm going to take your argument one step further because with the Lego Batman movie and it's not, it is not anywhere close to the same level as the Lego movie a few years ago. Okay. And I like the Lego Batman movie, you know, good movie laughed, you know, very solid. But I think I, here's the thing. I think the Lego Batman movie though, it's a very niche movie in that, I think it's really only made for diehard Batman fans. Like you really have to understand the character of Batman to really get the nuances of that movie. Yeah, and maybe. so, so I think, but, but, but hold then on, again, so like I'm just, Ferdinand and boss baby, do those movies quote unquote have nuances to them? You know, okay, I, look, I, 
I agree with that sentiment, but I think the reason why you saw movies like Ferdinand and Boss Baby get nominated over the Lego movie is I just feel like Academy members could probably understand those movies more and I don't want to say relate to them more. That's not the right that's not the right phrasing. But I think an Academy member can be like, oh yeah, boss baby, like, yeah, I get that premise. Like it's a it's a baby who's really like this business tycoon, like and I can see I'm all, I'm not saying that the Lego Batman movie is better than Boss Baby, a movie I haven't seen the Boss Baby, but um, I can see like the thinking and the understanding from an Academy member on why you would pick that over something like the Lego Batman movie. All I'm hoping is now the fact that I, uh, I'm, I'm pulling for Ferdinand to win just so John Cena okay. can get on stage and then do an Oscar acceptance speech. We've sent we've we've spent way too much time talking about a category that is probably the biggest lock of the entire awards. But which uh, Coco won. Coco won the end. Well, this is that that we always do this for animated. So, um, all right. Animated feature last year was really interesting, but oh, yeah. Oh, okay. So let's get into uh, let's hop into some predictions. That's why people, that's why people are here. So Dan and I we're just gonna I'm just limbering up. Uh, Dan, I also want to say this is the first time we're recording this podcast where it is above. 10 degrees uh, in New Jersey, so I'm very excited for this. Um, and I'm not it's shivering been, here. It's been cold in Los Angeles, I mean relatively, but so it's not nah. – yeah, so it, it must I'm, suck to have a 65-degree yeah. weather. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's jump into – well, do you want to jump into like the majors or do we want to jump into something? We just want to get our feet wet and do something – get a little well, light, a you know, little batting yeah. practice. I don't think we need to jump right into the deep end. Okay, uh, let's, let's go. go let's go score. Let's go. Into this. Well, okay. I just say ease into it. And we're going to have a debate on this one. We're going to go for best achievement in music written for motion pictures, a.k.a. best original score. The nominees for this category are Hans Zimmer for Dunkirk, Johnny Greenwood for Phantom Thread, John Williams for Star Wars The Last Jedi, Alexandra Desplat for The Shape of Water, and Carter Burwell for three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Um, I said, hey, let's try some batting practice, but this is a pretty stacked score uh, nomination field. Uh, a agree. lot of heavy head- hitters, as opposed to years past, where it's just kind of like, eh, okay, we know what's going to win. Um, da- do you want to take the first crowd? Okay, see, you say we're going to have a debate, but I don't think we are, because I, look, if I was picking this award, okay, I would pick Hans Zimmer for Dunkirk, no question. That movie, like, and I think I, I, I might have said it in my Dunkirk review, but if there's a score that expresses the mood of your movie better than Dunkirk's, then I would love to hear about it. That score is absolutely riveting. It's, it is just gut-wrenching, and it captures the tension of that movie so perfectly. So look, if I was picking this award, I would pick Dunkirk. I also do want to throw out some credit to uh, Johnny Greenwood's score for Phantom Thread, which is fantastic. And in, you know, when I first saw the movie, I really liked that score. But hearing it again, you know, I bought I bought it on iTunes. It is really is a is a damn good score. But look, this is about who do I think is going to win, and it's going to be The Shape of Water. And I'll say this: as as much as overrated as I think The Shape of Water is. I do like the score. Is it as good as Phantom Thread? Is it as good as Dunkirk? I don't think so, but I don't have a problem with this one winning. And I do, you know, I won't say it's a lock, but it's pretty close to a lock. Yeah, I think uh, I've seen three of, of the five of these films. And hey, li- listen, 
John Williams Star Wars, you can never go wrong. Fifth time he's been nominated for a Star Wars score. Has he ever won for a Star Wars score? Yeah, he the original did, yes. I mean, it's one of the most iconic scores of all time, so it makes sense. Score, score of all time, yes. Yeah, and um, I just watched Dunkirk last night. Yeah, I, I watched Dunkirk and Get Out back-to-back last night, so I was like, it was it was really an intense night for me. Um, last kid cramming for a final exam. I like it. Yeah, yeah. And um, I thought the Dunkirk score is absolutely tremendous. I think I, – and I, uh, I'm i on the opposite end of the spectrum of Dan. I, I love The Shape of Water. I think it's great. I don't think it's Del Toro's best film. I still go with Pan's Labyrinth for that. Um, okay. And I, I think Alexandre Desplat's, um score is awesome, but man, Dunkirk is just like one of the most haunting scores, like in recent memory. Uh, but do you think it's going to win? I think it has a real shot. I, I really think it does. But I think I, I think it's the third in the race. I think it's the dark horse. I think this is a two horse. I think this is a two uh, two horse race, and I think it's Johnny Greenwood, and I think it's Alexandre Desplat. And at the end of the day, gun to my head. I'm gonna go with the shape of water as well. I think it's it's just it's just like one of those rich, luxurious scores. It's got that whole musical sequence in there. I I just think it has like all the trappings of what Oscar voters look for in a, uh, for nominating best uh, picking best score. And especially when the movie begins, it is just very memorable. Um, but you, I will say this though, you swayed me in the sense that I think it's actually closer than because I, I, I kind of was looking at this one as very, a lock. But I think it's very. No, like, I think you're right. It would not shock me. And hey, what a year for Johnny Greenwood! Radiohead announces a new tour, and then he he could be. Oh, by the way, we have Academy Award winner Johnny Greenwood on tour with us. Um, so yeah. Don't be shocked if Phantom Thread takes that. But well, I, we I think, but like I said, gun to my head, I got to go with Shape of Water. We're both going Shape of Water, but uh, wow, that really goes back to what I said at the beginning, though. If if it if Shape of Water doesn't win Best Score, then by by my logic, talking about this at the beginning, I guess the Shape of Water could theoretically walk away with nothing. But I just can't imagine that would be the case. Uh, I mean, I almost don't want to jump into that part of it, but I really feel like Shape of Water has like a Mad Max Fury Road vibe to it this year for me, where it's really going to start take some... It's going to take... Strongly disagree. Strongly disagree with you on that, but we'll, we will talk about that. Yeah, I, I just feel like it's like, it's got like the technical awards to it, and I guess if we just, now if we want to go into an easier, an even easier category, um, okay, because it is a little more high profile, I guess, this year, because of who's nominated. Uh, best original song. Um, really, I think this, the nominees are Call Me By Your Name. Um, uh, Suf, I'm sorry, Safian Stevens' Mystery of Love from Call Me By, By Your Name. The song Remember Me from Coco. Uh, Stand Up For Something from the movie Marshall. Uh, Mighty River, uh, sung by Mary J. Blige from the movie Mudbound. And uh, This Is Me from The Greatest Showman. Um, is this even a race? I know people are talking about yes, Mary J. Blige, you, but you I, know you pick, you picked a good one here because to me, well, okay, it's it comes down to two. All right, it comes down to Coco or uh, Greatest Showman. So, and this really? is razor. Yeah, oh yeah, this is razor thin. Because don't um, ever count Mary J. out. Friend, of, I, friend, I, friend of the Popbreak dot com, Mary J. Blige. If she's not really a friend. They'll say we've shot her in Atlantic City. That's why I say that. Uh, I guess. If I, I guess if I had to pick like a third pick, I, it would be the one from Mudbound. But this is so. This is a tough one. I I'm gonna pick Greatest Showman just because. Yeah, when in doubt, I'm gonna go with the musical here. And people really do love the Greatest Showman soundtrack, and it also I think it's huge 
that this is the only song nominated for Greatest Showman. So there's no risk of like, uh-oh, something's going to get canceled out. But look, people really love that song from Coco, and it's used very well in the context of the film. But uh, having said that, I'm going with the show year pick. I'm going with the musical Greatest Showman. I think Greatest Showman, uh, it has more of cultural resonance right now. Um, and it's being used as an anthem for many people. So I, I, I feel like it's a, it's going to be uh, – I think that's going to be the one that wins. And I think that's going to be the big – if we're talking about a big number at the Oscars that's that people are going to talk about the next day, it's going to be that. The performance – if I'm like 99.9% sure they'll have a performance of that with the cast and it'll – It'll blow. It'll take. It'll blow everyone away, and that will win. And everyone will clap and cry. And it's a good song, so they should. All right, we're agreeing too much, guy. Can you find a category where we disagree? Let's go here. Yep, and I think we're going to move right into it. Okay. Uh, and that is one, Dan, that you and I are going to be sweating bullets over on Oscar wow. night, and that is best achievement in cinematography, aka the Oscar for best cinematography. The nominees are Roger Deakins for Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Bruno De, De, Del Bonnell for Darkest Hour. Uh, man, they got some real names in this one. I'm going to mispronounce. Hoyt Van Hoytema for Dunkirk. Rachel Morrison for Mudbound. And Dan Laustsen for The Shape of Water. Now, here's just a little background for everybody. Every single year, Dan and I talk about Roger Deakins. I sure Oscar, do. Because he is one of the most iconic um, cinematographers in film history. I mean, he shot, if I'm going to say one movie he did, and that was uh, Shawshank Redemption. The yep. Tim Robbins, Looking in the Rain, one of the most iconic shots in cinematic history. Didn't win an Oscar for that. And uh, he... Ridiculous. He, I, I sent Dan an article recently. He is okay with it, it seems. He's like, I just like, uh, you know, it's an honor to be nominated, and it's not a big deal if he doesn't win. Um I'm sure some of him would like to win. Um, but I think he's got competition in this field, Dan. Uh, now, uh, again, Dan and I both on the record on our Blade Runner 2049 podcast just seeing the praises of the cinematography of this film. But after seeing Dunkirk, that is going to give it a run for its money. And I would not be surprised, especially since Dunkirk is nominated for Best Picture, if Dunkirk takes the gold uh, next week. Wow, so we're we're going to disagree all over the place because yes, I'm. I don't okay. want I don't want to disagree with you on this, but I just feel that's he, what's going to happen. Here's my thing: I think that Roger Deakins for Blade Runner twenty forty nine is the front runner in this category. Having said that, if something is going to upset it, I actually don't think it's Dunkirk. I think it's the Shape, Shape of, of Water. Water. Yeah, yeah. So, well, so, Mad Max theory. Here we go. So, but I, I'm picking Roger Deakins. It's, it's It's time. It's time. time. Enough is enough. Okay. And I really think that if, even if you took out the Roger Deakins factor, Blade Runner could, could still win this award. It is that good. It's a, it's a beautiful movie. Like outside the fact that Dan and I both really love this movie for like the acting and the story and so many other things. Uh, it's a beautifully shot movie. It's like the the cinematography in this film is absolutely. It, I mean, it has like twenty five distinctive looks, and they're all glorious. And I don't mean that as like a negative. It's just like every scene there is just something to think about. Even if you're kind of bored with the story and the characters, and why would you be? Blade Runner's awesome. The the screen is offering you something great to look at. 
It's just, and yes, but having said all that, it's the Deacons factor. Uh, this is, it's not like this is a, you know, it's not like this is a well-kept secret. Everybody in Hollywood knows, you know, everybody in the Academy knows that this guy has been nominated like 85 million times and he's never won. Didn't win for Shawshank Redemption. Didn't win for Fargo. Uh, he was nominated for Skyfall a few years ago. Didn't win for that one. Should we, um, should we just give people just the greatest hits of, in case they don't know? Uh, I mean, I, yeah, we can. Here, I'm yeah, going to pull up. I, got, I already got him. Okay. So, okay, so we got Blade Runner 2049. Then you've got movies like Sicario, Prisoners, Skyfall. I'm not even to the big. So these movie. are ones he was nominated for. Yep. No, I'm just saying these are the films on his resume. Okay. Um, okay, and then in one year, he was he was the cinema, cinematographer in 2000. For a serious, no, it's 2009 ish, 2008. A serious man, revolutionary road, the reader, and doubt, all nominated for best picture. Uh, no country for old men. Oh, he lost for that. Yes, he did. Oh, brother, where art thou? The Get man who wasn't there, which is a great movie. The Big Lebowski, Fargo, Kundun, which isn't a great movie but visually amazing. Yeah, uh, sure. Uh, at Shawshank Redemption, Dead Man Walking. I mean. So I mean that's just – I'm not even giving you everything he's done. Unfortunately, he's just run into some brick walls. Like for example, I was like really he didn't win for No Country for Old Men. But look, to be fair, it lost to There Will Be Blood. So it, look, it's been it's been a tough road for Mr. Roger Deakins. But um, I, I just – I'm picking Roger Deakins. This is it. I'm not even – and honestly, I'm not even that worried about it. I know that sounds crazy, but I just think that A – Blade Runner, the movie itself, I think it actually is much, you know, I love Dunkirk. Okay. You know, I, I, I love Dunkirk. I love Christopher Nolan, but even I think that Blade Runner is more deserving of this award. You add in the Deacons factor. This is it. It's happening. And this guy, I'm telling you right now, you know, make sure you extend your DVR for the Oscars for an extra 30 to an hour, because this guy is going to get like a 20 minute standing ovation. Roger Deakins for the win. Now, you I don't think you've officially made your prediction here. No, I mean, it's, it's my problem is like eventually, you know, like the streaks streaks end, you know, DiCaprio's streak ended, Scorsese's streak ended. Yep. And. It's so like I really look at Dunkirk and Shape of Water, and I'm like either one of these, like I, they just seem like the more logic logic based pick because they're both nominated for Best Picture. You look at the history behind Blade Runner; it's not nominated for Best Picture. It's it was a, 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 a in air quotes it was a disaster at the box office, um, but it's so good. Um, that's tough. My heart wants to say that. You got you to do it. You got to do it. All right. I'm just going to go with Roger Deakins. But yeah. the heart goes with Roger Deakins. The head goes with uh, the head goes with Dunkirk. Don't worry. I'll be picking with my heart uh, with, in a couple of these awards when we uh, when we talk about this later but on. But it, it, so. it's just like you could eat. But, well, we're not. I'm, I mean, would you be shocked if that comes out? It says Dan Loutson or Hoyt Van Hoytema. No, I certainly wouldn't be. Uh, but I but at this point, I really do expect him to win. I think he won. Uh, he won kind of like the guild equivalent for cinematographers. So uh, I think he won at the BAFTAs. So it, it is all in line right now. And as you said, streaks end. I do. Let's hope. Um, so we're now going to move on to some of the acting categories, if that's cool with you, Dan. Let's do it. Now we're getting into the majors. This is it. Uh, you know, playtime's over. Let's do it. Okay, we're going to go. Actually, to- uh, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to stop you there for just a second. 
because you mentioned just really oh, quickly. We're going to talk about mentioned- Baby Driver, and it's not, it's a chance well, to win we, three three wins. We we could talk about that. So you you mentioned technical awards, and you think that Shape of Water could it has you know, potential. Yeah, like absolutely. I I disagree. I think the technical awards when we talk about things like the the sound awards and editing, I think that's Dunkirk all the way. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, having, like I said, I just having seen Dunkirk, that whole movie is really based on sound. It is, uh, if, if you haven't seen it, I'm not spoiling it by anything by telling you this, but like, there's not, um, there, it, it, the dialogue isn't, it's not inception where it's rich in dialogue. You know what I mean? It's to the point. It's a lot of exposition. It's a lot of actions. Kind of why I feel like it might win best cinematography. Cause it's a lot of visual, yeah, definitely. And, and and it's a lot and that's why I'm also pulling for score um because it's all like visual it's all the senses it's just not words that make that drive the fear intention and paranoia of that film. So I could easily say what you're talking about with sound. Uh, I will say that I will say this though. You joke you kind of joked about it but Baby Driver upsetting in best editing that's that's a possibility. Listen, I know people would go crazy for that. I, I would go. I would. I, Al Manorino yeah, would definitely I mean, do a backflip. I like Baby Driver, but I'm sorry, Dunkirk needs to win this award. Right, but if you're gonna, if we're using my argument, um, Dunkirk. I mean, Baby Driver is a movie that is based off sound editing. I mean, and that's the. It's like a huge part of that film. No, no, fair enough. So it, it, it doesn't. It's. It would not be out of the realm of possibility for that film to win. Now, if I look at it in film editing. I could, like I said, like it's maybe Dunkirk is the Mad Max of this. Of no, this. And that, that's exactly kind of what I was hinting yeah, at. So, yeah. This is why I think this is kind of why I think the shape of water, the road to kind of the Mad Max path of just kind of taking all these technical awards is like we talked about cinematography. You know, we're you were kind of iffy on it, but we both but we both think that uh, Deacons is going to take that one. And then you look at the sound and the editing. Dunkirk is the front runner in all three of those, but we even think that Baby Driver could pull off the upset. So the Shape of Water, it's just I, I just don't see it. I just don't see it for the technical stuff. Uh, it's now changing my mind about something we'll talk about later. Now, oh, there you go. All right, all right now, now let's get into the majors. Yay, let's talk about it, and it's going to be so easy too. Uh, best uh, the. Uh, Nominees for best performance by an actress in a supporting role. That is Allison Janney for I Tanya, Laurie Metcalf for Lady Bird, Leslie Manville for Phantom Thread, Mary J. Blige for Mudbound, and Octavia Spencer for The Shape of Water. Uh, this category strikes me funny a little bit uh, about who the nominees are. You have Mary J. Blige, known in known singer, uh, Laurie Metcalf, known mostly for her television work, mm-hmm. Allison Janney, who is currently on TV, but has a good split between TV and film. Ton of TV. Ton of, but mostly TV. Uh, yeah. It was what her acclaim comes to. Uh, so, yeah, you got three nominees who are, like, kind of not, like, your, you know, staples of getting nominated for Oscars, unlike Octavia Spencer. And then you have Leslie Manville, who kind of came out of nowhere, uh, with along with Phantom Thread. So, Dan, uh, you have a really great article up on the site right now uh, as part of your deep dive series into the Oscars. Um, this is, you know, Kirkman from this is Allison Janney's uh, award to lose. All right. Out of all the acting categories, I think this is the one that's st- like still kind of in question. OK, so Allison Janney, yes, absolutely the front runner. No question. Um 
I do think Laurie Metcalf still has a chance here. Um, and, you know, I talked about in that article that you mentioned, too, if there's one, like, crazy dark horse, like, maybe out of nowhere, I could see it being Mary J. Blige. But at the end of the day, this is this is a two-horse race. Um, the, the reason why I don't think you can count out Laurie Metcalf just yet for Lady Bird is that it's a performance that is very reminiscent of Patricia Arquette for Boyhood, okay? It has a lot of those moments. Um, very emotional, really packs a punch. And she, and she's a big reason why people are resonating with Lady Bird. But at the end of the day, I am going to pick the front runner here. I am going to pick the chalk and that is Allison Janey for I, Tonya. And the reason is, is just because when the, I'm just trying to put my mind into, you know, the mindset of an Academy member here. Allison Janey's performance by far in Idonia is just the most memorable. It just is. Uh, she plays one of those characters that you love to hate. There is a little bit of J.K. Simmons whiplash. I in was going to say. Um, yeah, I was going to ask that. It, it j- just tough as nails, but she also just in the second half of the movie, the performance is you know rounded out because she's not just this kind of blissfully comedic role, but she also just does some awful things. But she's so. But Allison Janney's so good at it. She's so seething. And again, it's a great performance. And it's going to win because it is the most memorable. Laurie Metcalf, great job. It's just, it's a little too understated. Um, I got to go with Janie here. But but this is, out of all the acting ones, this is probably the closest. So, you know, it, it, we mentioned Mary J. Blige. This would be a huge feather in the cap of Netflix if Mudbound won. I mean, that's a, yeah. you know, but... Well, this was a big breakthrough for just kind of the Netflix, uh, you know, brand in terms of getting nominated for awards. Because if you remember a few years ago, people were really championing Beasts of No Nation, which got nothing. Idris Elba, you know, everyone was very surprised he did not get nominated for that. Uh, Yeah, I I guess you could really look at Octavia Spencer, who had a a nice performance in – it was really a a good performance in, um, in Shape of Water. Can't see that one. Leslie Manville, I mean, that would be the ultimate dark horse there. Um, I'm glad she's there, though. Really deserves it. Mary J. Blige. I mean, my question is just playing conspiracy theorist here. Is Ooh, okay. would Allison Janney and and Laurie Metcalf both playing moms who drive the central female character uh, in a good way or bad way? Could since it's just you know they're both moms and like what I just described, could they cancel each other out because the roles are somewhat similar? Ooh, that's a very complicated kind of splitting the vote, except that the moms they play are very, very different. Yeah, uh, that's right. I was just like, because, you know, I think we have more of a, it, like, I don't look at this as an Adrian Brody situation at all. Like, I think nah, I no, could no, see no. that in another category we're going to talk about. If, Ooh, okay. If, if maybe. But, uh, yeah, I think I think this is Alice Janney's to take. It's just like, she is, when you talk about that movie, as much as people love Margot Robbie in it, the photo of this movie is the performance everyone's talking about is Allison Jenny. Right. Whereas and Lady Bird is, is, is Saoirse Ronan. It is also Laurie Metcalf, but it's Saoirse Ronan. Um, so right. I'll make, I'll make another whiplash comparison too. Is like you, you forget in whiplash, like how good Miles Teller is in that movie, but it's just, he's so overshadowed by the towering performance that is JK Simmons. And I do think you see that here as well. And even just when you think about Alice and Janie in this movie, like 
every time people watch the trailer and like the end of the trailer is Allison Jane with that bird on her shoulder, like everybody just reacts to that so strongly. Uh, it yeah, it, it's it's got to be Allison Janney here. It's ironic that we mentioned J.K. Simmons since they were a couple in Juno. There you go. And we move on to uh, best performance by an actor sporting role. The nominees are Christopher Plummer for all of the money, all the money in the world. Uh, Richard Jenkins in The Shape of Water. Sam Rockwell in Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Willem Dafoe for The Florida Project, and Woody Harrelson for three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Uh, fun fact about uh, All the Money in the World. FX is basically making the same movie, but it turning it into a miniseries, and Danny Boyle is doing it. Okay. It's uh, literally that, I, the I could, same I, exact thing. When I saw that movie, I could definitely see that. I could definitely see that being made into a miniseries. Okay. So, everyone, like as we were saying with uh, the last category, this seems to be Sam Rockwell's um, Oscar to lose – but I think there's a little more competition here than in the Best Supporting Actress from multiple people, I think. See, I I, I think this is a lock. Do you think I, it's I Sam really, Rockwell? It's Sam Rockwell all the way. And this is actually – you know, when I first saw Three Billboards, the first time I saw it, I, I liked it a lot. I wasn't blown away though. I went to see this movie a second time and now like I completely get it. it it's just a phenomenal film and a big reason for that – is Sam Rockwell. I mean, this is a ridiculously complicated performance that has a very, very layered character arc. And Sam Rockwell has to balance so many emotions here. And the transition that he makes is just seamless. Uh, this is, I mean, I, you know, I did a, this, I did a deep dive here into best supporting actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, and I just made the comparison of this guy has to, it's like a waiter carrying 10 trays and he doesn't drop anything. He doesn't drop a speck of food. And that is Sam Rockwell in this, in this movie. I, you know, I, all these other performances I think are really good. I like all of them, even though I really don't like the Florida project very much. Um, really overrated. I, I did like William Defoe in that movie. And I would say if there's gonna, like, if you, if you were, if you were making me pick who could upset Sam Rockwell, I guess it would be Willem Defoe. It is a very likable performance, very understated, and just kind of like he's the temperament of that character. He's got to keep track of all this stuff that's going on in his building, and you can see that way on him in the movie. Richard Jenkins, you know, like I said, not a big fan of The Shape of Water, but that performance, he brings a real good energy to that to that he movie. He does, but and he has some he has some really good moments in it. But this is not this is not gonna this is not no. the take home the oscar and and honestly the person who i would have third here is christopher Plummer, who gives a really just seething performance here in all the money in the world i mean it is like it really it really elicited a strong reaction from the audience at some of the stuff he does in that movie and to me when you can do that you deserve to be nominated for an oscar but having said that i mean you seem to disagree so i'm curious to see what you think here but for me this has got to be Sam Rockwell. I, th- I feel like I feel like it is, and but I just like there's I, I hear like when he won when he wins for the award, people are just like the character, like people think the character is way overhyped, and they're like it's not as, and then maybe that's just a criticism of the writing. Um, well, see, I mean, there's yeah, no, there's definitely because they're like trying to say like, some people argue that his come to Jesus, so, like he makes this big turn, right? And a lot of people say it's not a good turn. 
because there are a lot of detractors to three billboards. I uh, know, definitely. But and, I would say this. I would say this though is that even if you even if you don't buy into that arc, um, like you know that I think as you said yourself, like that speaks to you know maybe the writing or the movie itself. But as a pure performance goes, Sam Rockwell hits it out of the park. And, and, and uh, I'll be honest with you, Sam Rockwell is awesome. He, he is he is like the ultimate chameleon. I Everybody mean, loves Sam Rock. I mean from Justin Hammer to Street Thug and Ninja Turtles to uh, <laughs> um you know it, just everything he's done he's just played so many different characters and he's just such a charismatic guy. Go to Eastern Land, you'll find your answers there. Exactly. That's his line in uh, Ninja Turtles. Exactly. By the way, one underrated Sam Rockwell performance I want to give to everyone um if you have not seen Frost Nixon Great movie, and he is fantastic in that film. I will, actually... will one-up that. I will okay, one-up that. Moon, directed by Duncan Jones, is basically a one-man stage play. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's about a – It's he is excellent in that film. I got to be honest with you. Don't love the movie that, that much, but actually having Him. said that, this is, an, this is an example of, you know, unlike, you know, Roman J. Israel, uh, this is an example where – he would be someone who would be deserving of a nomination because um, he's great in that movie, even though I just don't think the movie's that good. Yeah, he just owns that film, um, literally and figuratively. Well, but I got to ask literally. you here, are, are you going to do it? Are you going to pick against Sam Rockwell here? No, my my, it's in another category. OK, so yeah. we're, we're both going Rockwell here. Yeah, I think you have to. I mean, you, I mean, you can't rule out Willem Dafoe, Christopher Plummer almost getting like Christopher Plummer. I get Willem Dafoe. I don't think he's ever won before. And this, you know, kind of a lifetime achievement award, almost same Christopher Plummer do it, pulling the 11th hour fill in. Obviously, people don't know the backstory. Kevin Spacey had this role due to his scandal was yanked from the film. Christopher Plummer comes in, in the 11th hour, literally does does the role and the film still makes it i feel i feel like they filmed it in october maybe yeah and then it still made its december release um good story and in another year might have won had it up in for sam rockwell and just really quickly before we move on on woody harrelson no chance here but i just want to say he's brilliant in this film he just doesn't get the screen time but uh he is he is definitely an emotional core to this movie and really packs a punch in his limited time. I'm really happy he got this nomination. But Woody Harrelson, not I feel it is just a He'll win an Oscar someday. He didn't he has no, he hasn't won yet. He's been yeah, nominated. He's never won. He's been nominated. I think uh, the only other time he was nominated was uh People versus Larry Flint. You know, he he should have been he should have been nominated for uh it was a few years ago. The movie wasn't received oh, yeah. super well. No but uh, Out of the Furnace, um, which he's brilliant in plays a real evil guy uh, oh no uh, the messenger so okay, that was the one that's right yeah yeah, yeah. i was gonna okay. say it was the messenger yeah um but yeah woody harrelson a guy who literally just went from like you know in the mid 90s making some really not so awesome films to just having just a stellar resume for the last since 2000 probably since 2002 2003 um and then let's move into best actress um the nominees are Frances McDormand for Three Bills, Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, Margot Robbie for I, Tanya, pardon me, Sally Hawkins for The Shape of Water, Meryl Streep for The Post, and Cersei Ronan for Lady Bird. Uh, I feel like this category, uh, three out of the five of them would have won had Frances McDormand not been nominated. Oh, this is crazy. I, you know, this is – and I got to say a couple months ago – I really thought Margot Robbie was going to be more in talks to potentially win this. 
she's so great in I, Tanya. Um, but she's probably running fourth in this category. And yeah, you're right. Like in any, and yeah, and you're right. Like in any other year, Sally Hawkins definitely would definitely would be a clear winner. Um, or social like, Ronan. Yeah. If they said like, here, like, okay. In other years, they would have taken this award. Ro- okay. If there's going to be an upset against Francis McDormand, I think it would be Ronan. Yes. I think my pro- she's my problem. Two. Yeah. My problem. Well, it's not a problem. It's just the, cause she, she's phenomenal in the film. Um, is that she plays this character perfectly. Like there is not like you could not have played kind of like the coming of age story better than what Ronan does in Lady Bird. Uh, and part of that is, is that she gets the script. Um, but it's just like, to me, I, I've been making this comparison like 20 times, but Lady Bird is like a 20 times better version of Juno. In my opinion, I think Juno is very overrated. But the problem with Ronan is as good as she is and as flawless and crisp as her performance is, just the delivery is just great. There's no Oscar moment for Ronan. And the problem is when you compare it to Frances McDormand in Three Billboards, it's Oscar moments all over the place. Oh, yeah. It's just a towering performance. And for people who have seen Three Billboards, you know what I'm talking about. But she gets a monologue to, like, end all monologues. Um, it's also rounded out very nicely by these very just kind of quiet, subtle, kind of vulnerable moments, um, despite the fact that she's this very, very strong character. Um, I got to say, you know, maybe a couple of weeks ago I was thinking, like, chance for Ronan, but, man – as I talked about at the beginning, the acting awards, I, I just I think this is moving into lock territory for me. I'm going with McDormand. I mean, same here. I mean, everyone's you know, I saw Sally Hawkins performance. She was excellent. And like, again, any other year, man, she she takes it. Um, Meryl Streep in the post is really the, the track lagging behind. I, I thought she was very good performance. though. She, it's a good performance. I mean, to me, like, like. It's was, not into the woods. <laughs> no, it's not. Nothing is there. God. But I mean, it, it's just like, it's it's a strong performance, but it's, to me, it doesn't blow me away. Um, it's just Frances McDormand. And, and, and is just like, when she gets a nomination like this, she usually doesn't lose. Uh, I mean, she has. I understand that. But I mean, she is just like, she's a prize fighter when it comes to like big roles like this. She just takes it, runs with it and just, you know, we'll just knock down any competition. And I think that's, what's going to happen here. Uh, I, I mean, I, even, I, I can't, I like, even though Saoirse Ronan's second and it's her second nomination for best actress, I believe. Right. She I think, no, she's Pearl. been nominated for, she's been nominated three times. Oh, I think one of those was supporting actress for, for atonement, uh, atonement, which, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It's well-deserved. Uh, very, uh, a forgotten movie. Uh, it's still very good. Um, uh, but yeah, she's a distant second. I think. Even even the three Billboard haters will say like, uh, yeah, Frances McDormand should probably win. Like it's just it's like I said, it's a towering performance. Uh, so we're gonna move into best performance by an actor in a leading role. We the are. the nominees are Daniel Day Lewis for the Phantom Thread, uh, Denzel Washington for Roman J Israel Esquire, Timothy Chalamet for Call Me by Your Name. Daniel Kaluuya for Get Out and Gary Oldman for Darkest Hour. And then Dan, if you wanted to know what category I was talking about with our Adrian Brody situation, Ooh, this one's okay. it. Because here's my theories on this. Daniel okay. Lewis, last, last, we're going to put that in air quotes for now, his last film role. Um, Gary Oldman. Like people are like, he is amazing in this. Okay, well, who's going to win? 
you've got this amazing performance from Gary Oldman. You've got an amazing final performance from uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. That could easily split the vote. And I think Timothy Chalamet has a really good shot of taking the Oscar. Do I? Is that going to be my prediction? I, I don't know, but maybe. I don't want to spoil it just yet. Uh, but I think he's got a really good shot of winning. He, he's gotten tremendous reviews, and I think Daniel Day-Lewis and, Paul, and, and Gary Oldman have a shot of canceling each other out. Mm, I think so. Well, I also, okay, I also I could, think Daniel oh, Kaluuya and Denzel Washington have a shot. Oh well, well Denzel Washington and look, I'll say that I was, I you know, Denzel Washington's good in the movie. It's just, it's not, it's just not an Oscar performance for me. Um, but look, I mean Denzel, I mean this is a guy who should probably have like four Oscars by now. Yeah, he um, won a lot. More. So look, he's obviously he's a distant fifth. Um, yeah, I, I would agree that you know Daniel Kaluuya probably running fourth in this category, like. I don't know, 1% chance, but he's great. Like get out simply get out simply does not work if he's not as great as he is. And that is a tough role to play because he's very, because he's very understated at the beginning of the movie, but then he has to really transition. Like when he's, when he's the part where he's, he's, um, I'm not, I don't want to give stuff away. He, he gets very animated at one of the other characters. Um, I think you know what I'm seeing him talking about. And like he just he just turns it on like a ferocity on at one point. And you're like, whoa, he just kicked it into another gear. Um, well, and he and like the poster of Get Out, like he is the iconic image of that movie. I, and that and scene. Exactly. Yeah, so, that scene yeah. with the tears coming down his eyes is, is fantastic. Here's my prediction about Daniel Kaluuya. Not the OK. Last, not the last time we're going to see him. Uh, yeah, no, I wholeheartedly agree with you there. OK, I'll say. So I think you have it right that if someone's going to upset Gary Oldman, it's going to be Timothy Chalamet. Um, Which Matt Taylor, who reviewed the film, will do a backflip over. I don't know if he can do a backflip, but I think he might. Well, listen, I and I I also want to say this about I'll say this about Daniel Day-Lewis. If I were picking this category, I I would actually pick Daniel Day-Lewis. I think he is the best performance out of all five of these guys. It's Um, also really hard to pick against him. I mean, it's just people take him for granted. Like, I'm telling you, it's like Tom Hanks. That performance in Phantom Thread, like people just kind of like, oh yeah, well of course it's great. It's Daniel Day Lewis, like whatever. Uh, No, what what he does, it is such a tricky performance. Um, He's just this curmudgeon who, just like if his world is disrupted, he goes into a tailspin. But the way, the best way I compared it is like it's sort of like Leonardo DiCaprio in The Aviator. But subtle instead of very kind of showy and outlandish um, that DiCaprio is in The Aviator. But both performances are great for different reasons. And I do I, – I know, I know you talk about like kind of like splitting the vote. Um, but if there's a real deep dark horse here, I'm telling you, I would not be blown over and flabbergasted if Daniel Day-Lewis pulled off this massive upset. At the end oh, of the day, though, an, okay. I, see, I don't see it as an upset, though. It's Daniel Day-Lewis. Oh, I mean, look, it's definitely an upset. I mean, come on. Gary Ullman is a heavy favorite here. And He's a heavy up- favorite, but it, this isn't like – I think we say heavy, a big upset. That's like Daniel Kaluuya taking it or Chalamet taking it. That's an upset. Like if it's Gary Oldman losing to – uh, I always want to call him right. Thomas Anderson. Sorry. Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. I mean that's not an upset. That's like – that's like that's like Ali Frazier. OK, one of the best is going to win, you know? But okay, but if you're talking, but like you would say, I think you would agree with me that Daniel Day Lewis is probably what third in this category. Second, and so you're, 
Mm, uh, I say I third. Really, I really say second. I really but think you, it, you think he has a better chance in, than Chalamet because I well because yeah because talk- I'm that's what I'm saying. Chalamet is going to split. Uh, he would be well, which is ironic that Daniel Day Lewis is in this conversation. But wasn't it uh, the year Brody won? He didn't win for uh, Bill the Butcher and Gangs of New York. Um, and. Oh, yeah. Okay. So. So that's well, what I'm saying. Like, is old. I think. I think. I think it's a two horse race between Oldman and 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 Daniel Day Lewis uh, because of given the, the factors around it. It's his last film, and then it came out of nowhere. He's getting great reviews. Yeah, Gary Oldman's got the stronger word of you know, he, and he's won. He won the SAG award. Uh, he's won. He's won everything. But I. But but here's the thing. Like you even joked about it at the, at the beginning when you were talking about this category. Like. Putting in air quotes, Daniel Day Lewis's last performance. That's the thing. I don't think anybody's buying it. Like I don't think I think everybody expects that Daniel Day Lewis will be in another movie. And here's the it thing: could so, be in twenty years, but yeah. Look, I here, here's the thing: Timothy Chalamet. Like I, I really do think he's second. I think he has. If there's going to be someone who upsets Gary Oldman, it's going to be him. But at the end of the day. I've got to pick Gary Oldman for Darkest Hour. He's just cleaning up the award circuit. And, like, look, let's – and as good as Chalamet is in Call Me By Your Name and, you know, which I think is a good movie, he's by far the best part of it. And he has some very, very memorable moments. It's just – it's the 22-year-old kid going up against, you know, kind of like the seasoned veteran who plays Winston Churchill. i got to go with Darkest Hour here. Okay, I am going to go with um, Daniel Day Lewis. Listen, you you were talking about you know our uh, our writer Matt Taylor doing backflips if Chalamet wins. I would be doing backflips if Daniel Day Lewis wins. So, but go for it, man. I, I want to hear the case. I think it's like I think you're going to see whether that air quotes exists in a lot of people's mind or not. It's Daniel Day Lewis and. He, even before this whole retirement thing was, he is not a he's not Gary Oldman where you could see Gary Oldman in five films a year. His performances are selected and they are usually home runs. And if you could name a bad Daniel Day Lewis performance, I'll give you a dollar. And uh, it's yeah, I mean. So you get zero. Everyone gets zero dollars. Well, he's never. I mean, he he's never bad. But, but I mean, know, there's certainly it, some. There's certainly some films where it's just kind of like, like you know, we've had these conversations. Like, I think Lincoln is overrated. Now, yes. having said that, he's awesome in Lincoln. Sure. I'll say this though. I think his performance in Phantom Thread better here. Like, this is I. I I'm, I'm like I'm telling you guys. If you take something away from this podcast, go see Phantom Thread. He. This is one of his best performances ever and, and um, then and what you're saying right there to me is i'm like convincing re- you more <laughs> it's, yeah you're just selling it for me even better because it's just like if it is his last film it's his best performance ever um it's a very oscar role to begin yep. with yeah absolutely. to me i i you know you, you can't bet against it i mean I, I listen i i like gary oldman a lot but and it'd be cool if he won but like i i really think this is daniel day lewis all the way but here- and I'll, I'll just end it like this. So, like, here's the thing, though, Gary Ullman. I mean, if you haven't seen Darkest Hour, the performance is exactly what you think it is. It is just Gary Ullman as Winston Churchill just owning the screen, and you walk out going like, you know, wow. It just it, it's that type of performance. So, 
Look, again, I would pick Daniel Day-Lewis, and I kind of want you to be right on this, but I got I got to stick with Oldman here. So let's move on to – we're gonna, we're, we're not going to get to the best picture just yet. We're going to move on to um, – A little bit of work to do still. Yep. We got the screenplays awards. We're going to – Let's start with Adapted. Yep. That's exactly where I was going. And these are – only one of these films is in the best picture conversation. Correct. And that's the first one. That is Call Me By Your Name written by James Ivory. We have – also nominated Molly's Game, written by Aaron Sorkin. The Disaster Art- Artist, written by Scott Newtstatter and Michael H. Weber. Logan? Yeah! Written by, all right, written by Scott Frank, James Mangold, and Michael Green. And Mudbound, written by D. Rees and Virgil Williams. This is a big category. And Dan had wrote a great article that, and we're going to go right to this film. Logan is... This is massive that this Huge. film was nominated you, you not for a cannot te- cannot underrate this not for a technical award at, at all it was I mean it's been nominated but it's nominated for a writing award and that is extremely important for that comic book slash superhero genre because now it's taken seriously if everyone wants to complain about Wonder Woman or Guardians or this or that not getting nominated. This is this is the one that's going to break it open for this for 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 films of the future of that genre to be nominated in serious awards. Exactly, and, and this it's is just, also is just an amazing screenplay. I mean, we we can't stress that enough. I mean, we we've talked about ad nauseum how great Logan is. Everybody knows it, and yeah, you're right. It's just. You, you, you got to stress the importance of this. If first superhero movie to be nominated for a major award, you know, in, in not acting. Okay, this is a big deal. All right, and I mean, does it doesn't have a chance of winning? But that's okay. Which uh, is a you shame. know, ba- baby steps, baby steps. But its name is going to be read at the Academy Awards for best screenplay, and for me, that is special. And like, and let's let's also think about this. You know, it beat out very Oscar-y movies like All the Money in the World. You know, that was a screenplay that was in contention for this category. Now, look, you can say, like, did it luck out a little bit and that Best Adapted Screenplay is not nearly as competitive as the next award we're going to talk about? That's true, but still, it's, like you said at best, it's the first superhero movie to be nominated for writing. And, and you know, I, I break this down in the article that I wrote about this. Um movies that are nominated for best picture like almost it never happens that they won't have an accompanying screenplay nomination um so big deal and and you know it, it made a lot of critics and, and it made our it was our number one staff pick for 2017 yep. and it wasn't close by the way um it got the most number one votes out of any film that came out last year got the most vo- fil- votes of any film that came out last year get out being number two but mm-hmm. People love this movie, and and and, and I, I I mean you know if I look at this up and down, I I don't it could it win? It's got a slim chance. Nah, no, don't 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 trick yourself. As much no, as it, I it want to try and talk myself into it, I mean, let's, it, yeah. it's going to be hard when you're going up against Call Me by Your Name or going up against Aaron Sorkin. I mean, well, yeah, and let, let's talk about this because I it's I'm a little frustrated because I think look like I said I think Call Me by Your Name. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. And I do think the screenplay is a lot stronger than the direction of the film. And so I think and I think that's going to be the winner here. I, just, mm-hmm. you know, I, I it's so only too. it's the only one on here that's nominated for Best Picture, as you said. 
Uh, it's just a little frustrating because I do think the other four movies here are better than Call Me By Your Name. Mudbound is great. Um, I really like Molly's Game a lot. You know, Disaster Artist, great movie, great screenplay. Logan, obviously, we talked about. So it's like I would have this – I would have it fifth here. But at the same time, it's still the, – the writing is very strong. No problem with it taking it. Definitely Oscar-worthy. So that's going to be my pick. Slight chance – for an upset, maybe Mudbound or Molly's Game, not out of the realm of possibility, but I'm going with Call Me By Your Name. I mean, you know, Call Me By Your Name, written by the guy who directed Howard's End. I mean, James Ivory is a staple in in cinema, you know, Merchant Ivory. I really think a disaster artist I don't think has a shot out. I think it's one of the, I think it's maybe fourth or fifth. Yeah, that and Logan are kind of the the at the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, I mean Logan could would be the ultimate upset. It really uh, would, are you kidding? If if Logan won this award, that would be the talk of the Oscars like for the next ten years. Like that would be just shocking beyond belief. It would I, be awesome. I would honestly like turn off the TV at that point. Like I would just walk off and be like, I don't need to see anything else. <laughs> like I don't care. I I, I think it's going to be called me by your name. That movie's not going to yeah. walk out of the Oscars without something. Uh, it's, it, it is an extremely Oscar-y type film. Um, and Molly's game, you know, Hey, people like the writing. It, it wasn't a overly tremendously well-received film, but you know, I mean, it, it did well critically, but, um, I just don't see it hitting that, hitting that mark. So, unfortunately, um, uh, you know, so call me by your name. We're both going with that. So we're going to write best original screenplay. Here's a bit. Here's, I've been I've been chopping at the bit to talk about this category all podcast. Let's all right, do it. Here we go. We got Get Out, written by Jordan Peele, Lady Bird, written by Greta Gerwig, The Big Sick, written by Camille Nanjiani and Emily V. Gordon, who we interviewed on thepopbreak.com. Nice. And, and The Shape of Order, written by Guillermo del Toro and Vanessa Taylor, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, written by Martin McDonough. To uh, quote Ace Ventura, and I'm sorry for if this offends anyone, but Holy Testicle Tuesday, this one is <laughs> a, oh, this one is just this is a spoil of riches. This is a stupid good category, stacked as hell. I I don't even know. I could there's so, there's so much intrigue. There's so much intrigue here. Let's all right. Let's just kind of let's just ease into it and do like a process of elimination here. I mean, Big Sick, great screenplay. It's a great movie. If you haven't seen it, please do so. But just can't bring see myself to watch it. But yeah, but it's not going to win. It's fifth in this one. But uh, great that it's there. Um, okay, so here here's my thing. The Shape of Water is not winning this award. It's as like as as much of that movie. As much of that movie is a front runner in a lot of other character categories, including the two last ones that we will talk about after this, um, it's not really known for the screenplay. It's not a great script. It's sloppy. It just uh, I wouldn't even, like, I wouldn't go that. I know, you like it less than I do, and I like. This I think movie yeah. A lot. Let me phrase that. I think this. I think the ending is a bit sloppy. Uh, all right. Well, I'll disagree with that. But I, uh, it, it is a it is a fairy tale. It's very – I think a, yeah, be, a okay. better yeah. screenplay is – I'll go back to this movie uh, – is Pan's Labyrinth because I feel like there's a, a lot of similarities, especially with the ending. I feel there's a lot of similarities between these two films. Um, and I think it's just a more creative film. And here's one of the reasons why because he wrote this character that is kind of like a character from another movie he did. Um, 
which is Abe Sapien and Hellboy, in my opinion at least. So I, I it's get out to you know it, there's a lot of original ideas here, a lot of complicated ideas in the other three. So I don't see Shape of Water taking it. And the Big Sick, as 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 much as people love that movie, again it's like like. I don't know. It, it just doesn't. Well, look, it just, well, doesn't have, it just you, doesn't have it because it's just like you have three pictures, four pictures nominated for best picture. That one's not. This is between three and these three movies could legitimately take it. I mean, this is close, and that is Get Out, Lady Bird, and Three Billboards. Um, and what makes what makes this so complicated, and why there's so much intrigue with this category, is for a couple of reasons. Number one, when we look at the Writers Guild, now Get Out won this, but. Three billboards was not eligible, so that just throws a whole monkey wrench into this. So now here's the question: tough, It's tough to gauge. Because yeah, go ahead. Why was it not eligible? I, I forget what the reason was. Uh, it's I I I, I got to be honest. I don't remember what the reason was why it was not eligible, but I just know it was not. Um, uh, for, for what was it for the uh, for three three billboards was not eligible at the at the writers guild. Well, um, sorry for the uh, typing on the podcast, people, but let's let's look this up. And I'm gonna it's an article right here. All right, and I would just tell everyone just so they know. Uh, All right, oh, variety when you're stupid ads. Um, <laughs> the Writers Guild eligibility uh, structures, which stipulate that a qualifying production must conform to the guild's minimum basic agreement, have rendered a number of this year's screenplay Oscar hopefuls non-factors. Um, and that it, so it was uh, three billboards, Darkest Hour, and okay, Coco. Yep, that's right. It, much okay. like much like, and as was. Uh, killing of the sacred deer and the lobster from the um so yeah so that was it just didn't conform to some standards that they had so and yeah was, and the lobster did get nominated for best screenplay i believe last year so this to me so when we look at these three movies okay i think late i think that whoever wins this is it's going to have a big bearing on who wins best picture now with shape of water like that Everyone kind of knows it, like, yeah, it's not going to win this award. So if Shape of Water loses this, it's not a big deal for that movie. No. When you when you go and same thing with Dunkirk, which isn't even nominated, but I mean, everyone expected that. Nobody expected the screenplay for Dunkirk to get nominated. So, but really for the but for these other three movies, it matters a lot. Um, I think I'm gonna say no on Lady Bird because as good of a screenplay as it is. It is the very standard kind of like coming of age story um, done like perfectly, though. I mean, it is it, it's now the standard for me in that genre. But when you compare it to Get Out and Three Billboards. Well, here's the question that I just yeah, go so ahead. is Lady yeah. Bird more a good script with great performances or a great script with great performances? Like, I mean, does this performances make the script better than it is? You know, does it elevate it more, or is it just like? Oh man, that is a great question, but I can't because uh, that could almost. I, think it's, I, I honestly just think it's equal. Like, I think the writing and the the performance right. are just equal. I think it's a great script, and I think the actors do as much of it as they can. It's just, it's just great all around. But again, it just doesn't have. It just doesn't have that oomph, I guess, that like Get Out and Three Billboards does. I think that's the problem. But look, let me be very clear: Lady Bird could take it. I mean, you know, I compared it to Juno earlier. Juno won this award a while back. This is when, – when I think about my prediction here for Get Out – between Get Out and Three Billboards, it is so tough because I think I think Get Out's path to best picture is harder. But with best original screenplay, the Academy is more willing to give it to a movie 
like to a wonky movie that's really out there, like Get Out. Like, you know, for example, Django Unchained won this award a few years ago. Um, and that's definitely I, I like kind of like a wacky movie, um, but a very good movie, a very good screenplay. This is this is so tough. It's so close. But I'm going to say three billboards. And the reason is, is I just think that movie is your prototypical vintage Oscar screenplay, character driven, mono, great dialogue, monologues all over the place. Very complicated, gives you a ton to think about at the end. Um, it is, like I said, it is just that prototypical script. Get out. I, I could de- definitely has a real chance here. But just barely, I'm going to have three billboards edge it out. That's going to be my pick. This is a tough one. Uh, it is. It really is. And I think if and I think because I think get out losing this award, it's going to hurt it a little bit when we talk about best picture. But still, even if get out were to lose best screenplay, it could still take best picture where I do. I actually do think it matters more for three billboards to win this for its best picture chances. Mm, yeah. So tough. See, because, because you because you look at it and you're like, I remember when Lady Bird didn't get some Globe nominations. Like people were like furious. It didn't get director. I think like yeah, I, people were really pissed about that. All in the world, yeah. So, man, I really think I really think it could go to it could go to three billboards, especially since McDonough is not nominated for best director right however i feel like it's gonna get actress and supporting actor therefore i get this has no logic except my own head therefore i think this is between get out and lady bird i can see that logic and i think it's gonna be get out because of like it literally I could just be saying this because I just saw the movie like less than 12 hours ago. It's it's a haunting movie. And you haven't seen three billboards. I have. No, it's, I mean, you know, I wasn't going to pay 15 bucks to watch it on my TV. Um, and I only get babysitters. Well, Hey man, I only get babysitters. No, no, I got you. Um, it's better than years before where I've seen none of these movies. Uh, and everyone's like, you're a fraud. You saw Dunkirk and that's all I care about. Um, (laughs) I think Get Out is such an original idea. Like you were saying, like Django one and like Juno at the time, I mean, it's like was a very unique teenage comedy and the way it was told and the way like the character spoke. It wasn't your typical teen movie. Uh, I guess you could say it's not another teen movie. Wow. Hey, well, you know, dad jokes. We're just going to move on. uh, So that's why I think Get Out wins because it takes this idea of going to meet your girlfriend's parents and then which could be frightening for anyone and or your significant other's parents it'd be frightening for anyone and just the way they weave everything into it and there's your guy your social satire they have going on mm-hmm. it's like it's a horror movie it's a comedy it's a social it's a satire it's a um, it's a, a critical analysis of race relations in America, uh, sexual politics. It, it is so much going on in this film that it's like, how could you not give it best screenplay? Uh, because it is so different than anything else we've seen. And that's why this movie made 
an absorbent amount of money, especially when you consider how much it costs to make. And that it was it was probably given that much money because Jordan Peele has a name. And we forgot this is this is Jordan Peele from Key and Peele, who's absolutely hilarious, wrote this brilliantly horrifying smart film and that's why to me it's going to get the best uh, screenplay original screenplay because of that keyword original no, yeah and that's actually i was just going to say that like if you think about you know original it is the most original movie in this category even though i do think something like three billboards it's a really good premise that i do think a lot of academy academy members are going to lock on to i do kind of like that theory though where you're saying like hey you know Three billboards. It's going to win best actress. It's going to been. It's going to win best supporting actor. Right. You know, this is really this is really the the one that we can give to get out. I I feel like McDonough not getting nominated for best director, but being nominated for writing this. He's directing his own words. So to me, there's a disconnect somewhere, and maybe that doesn't matter. But it's like there's a disconnect to me. And again, it comes down to originality. Although I think Three Billboards does have an original premise with the billboards, which actually was <laughs> implemented in real life recently um, outside of some politicians' offices. And I just think Get Out is – it's a damn good movie and it's going to it's gonna take this one. And that's going to be a massive victory, especially for a first-time director. This is the first film I believe – no, it's not the first film he's written. Um, but yeah. It's uh, it's a it's a big deal because uh, he did write Keanu. That's why. If, yes. So people were wondering, which I still haven't seen. And I want to. Um, so yeah, I think Get Out takes it. It's look, I can't, I can't fault you for picking it. I mean, I almost did. I'm going to stick with three billboards. And just by the way, really quickly, when we talk about Lady Bird, um, you know, I mentioned Juno winning best screenplay. So when Juno won, its competition really wasn't that stiff here. It won against um, Lars and the Real Girl, Ratatouille, Michael Clayton, and the Savages. Whereas that year, it's I kind of like it, it's kind of like the, the inverse. It's the inverse of this year where the best adapted screenplay that year was the more stat category where you had like No Country for Old Man, Atonement, There Will Be Blood. So, But look, I do – and like I said, it's it's such a crucial – original screenplay is such a crucial category um, and I do think it's going to have a lot of bearing on who could take home best picture. But uh, there you go. So uh, we got a disagreement there, but let, let us move on. I don't even Two remember. left. I don't even remember The Savages by the way. I don't don't think a lot of people do. Um, I did like Michael Clayton, though. Uh, So we're going to go with uh, Best Director. (sighs) Get the strap in, folks. This one's going to be a a large one. I need need to gather my thoughts. (laughs) Okay, so um, Christopher Nolan for Dunkirk, Greta Gerwig for Lady Bird, Guillermo del Toro for The Shape of Water, Jordan Peele for Get Out, and Paul Thomas Anderson for Phantom Thread. Now, going into this, you have two of my all-time favorite directors uh and nolan and del toro um three you know master craftsmen of directing and then you have peel and gerwig gerwig this is her second film uh she directed something i believe in 2008 yes and jordan peel i mean this is this is his first directing job you can you cannot have a better directorial debut than this one <laughs> yeah i mean it, it's literally get out go to imdb it's just get out um that's that's kind of crazy how like the balance of this is. It's like you have three directors, two of whom I mean Paul Thomas, I mean Del Toro. A lot of people clamored, uh, uh, kind of two of the directors who were behind films that helped the Academy expand the the nomination list with uh, you know Nolan for The Dark Knight and mm-hmm. Del Toro for *A Pan's Labyrinth*. 
both people were just like, why aren't these films nominated for Best Picture? Uh, and that kind of got the ball rolling, and that was, they were the catalyst for that. So very interesting category we have going on right now. And five films that are just like heavyweight and can, anyone could easily win this this category. If you told me mm-hmm. anyone in this category, but if you tell, I know. So spoilers. Dan has two shrines in his house. One is to Tom Brady. That didn't work out too well from this year, and, but in years past, it has worked out very handsomely. And yes, it one, has. One for Christopher Nolan, who, in terms of quality, Dan always wins. Um, Dan. Um, you wrote a headline once that said Dunkirk was a slam dunk for Christopher Nolan to win the Oscar. Do you stick with that statement uh, now that we're in February going into March? Oh man, I, I just, I just, you need this the, is like, this, this is, is your antacid moment. You th- need this is, this is honestly, this is the only category I like really truly care about. Uh, at the Academy Awards this year, I don't care about anything else. Like I, this this is it. And I do think that when you look at these nominees, um, like you said, like ah, uh, you could see anyone winning them. I, I, I just I think it's a two horse race. Like okay, I mean Paul Thomas Anderson, like look, great director. He's been nominated eight times, by the way. Um, because Wait, is he fact, never? Is he never won? He's never won. Um, so he's even more of a he's due candidate more than someone like Nolan, for example. But because when you factor in stuff like producing and writing and then directing, so yeah, he's been nominated eight times, has never won, and unfortunately he's running fifth here, so he's not going to win. But it's he definitely deserves to be here. Um, Paul Thomas Anderson, I I think he got in because he takes a movie like Phantom Thread, which is a very strong character piece. But as Paul Thomas Anderson always does, he creates this real epic feel around it that is just glorious. He's a great director. I'll, I'll let Inherent Vice slide. Oh, and, um, and will you also let The Master slide? Uh, oh, that's a podcast for another day. I will debate you all day on that. The Master is fantastic. That's that's a th- one of the great performances from Joaquin Phoenix you will ever see. We're this is we're not here to talk about that though. Um, podcast for another day. So, look, Greta Gerwig, Jordan Peele, is it out of the realm of possibility? No, but I think, I mean, look, Jordan Peele, like, does a great job with Get Out, but let's, like we talked about, I mean, it's his first movie. Like, I just, I mean, that would be shocking if he won. And also I, with Greta, yeah, go ahead. I, I think it, I think that's a writing film. You know, like, yeah, no, if you I look agree. at the directing of that film, I mean, like, there's some, it's just... <laughs> It's not these other guys, what they oh, And also, you know what actually hurts Get Out Here, I think, too, is that it didn't get an editing nomination, which I think is a big deal, which is going to be a big factor in what I want to talk because about. Because that here, comes but... with the division of the director. Yes, exactly. And look, like Greta Gerwig, like, great, she does a great job with Lady Bird, but that is, like I've been talking about, I think, I think for a movie, a very simple coming-of-age story to win for Best Director, like, that would really be shocking. But she, she definitely puts her stamp on it, and what's... Look, before I even get into the to Nolan, like what I also sort think of, Greta Gerwig, like, this is not going to be the last time we see her here. It will not. But I just what's what I'm a little frustrated here is that so Guillermo del Toro is the clear front runner. OK, he won the DGA. He won at the BAFTAs. He's been winning all the pre awards leading up to this. OK. And for me, it's like I said, he does a good job with The Shape of Water. I'm not like saying it's a bad movie or anything, but like, honestly, if I was picking this category, I would have him fifth here like i just and it just frustrates me that he's the front runner and again he does a good job with the shape of water but 
just nothing like there's a couple scenes that blow me away like the dream sequence that is a great scene there's a couple really nice scenes he films with the water but let's all right the dates around it long enough let's just get to it christopher nolan for dunkirk has got to win this award you watch dunkirk and it is a movie it's almost two hours long and the mood the tension the atmosphere that he creates it is the ultimate epitome of just on the edge of your seat. What he does with this movie from a directing standpoint is special. You have not. And how many times have we seen in war movies? OK, a gazillion of them. And what he does is he he takes a subject matter that we have seen so many times and puts an original stamp on it. And to me, and like, does yeah, it in, yeah, a, in a PG-13 setting. Because yes. a lot of people, and I'll I'll criticize, you know, I'll 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 make the criticism of the Holy Grail. Saving Private Ryan is a one scene movie. It is uh, the oh, 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 no, follow oh, me. Follow, okay, why do people, why do people remember Saving Private Ryan? Because of the enormity scene, it's an incredible scene. But if you don't have the guts, the sinew, and the, just the gore, that scene would not stick with you. And the rest of the movie is fine. It's not this icon to me. Oh. Not not an iconic war movie. I've seen a million war movies. Um, he does what a lot of these blood and guts. You know, what do you want to say? Platoon or Full Metal Jacket or whatever. He does what they do, building that suspense, building that anticipation in a PG thirteen setting, which is really really hard to do. You're actually fr- you know why you're frustrating me right now because you're actually going to put me in the position of. Oh man, I can't believe I'm about to do this. Of criticizing Nolan just a tad, because what? Because why I still and Dunkirk is amazing. Okay, why I think a movie like Saving Private Ryan is a little better is more because dialogue. no, no, it's not. No, it's not dialogue. It's that you have a real, real great character arc with the character of Ryan, um, and it's cemented beautifully at the end. You know, am like was it yes, was yes. this asking the question of was I worth it? Was I worth these guys putting their you know risking their lives and ultimately you know losing their lives uh, to 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 save me? You know, did I lead a good enough life? And that is a great character arc. And I want to be very clear about this because one of the criticisms that Dunkirk is getting and. Everybody agrees with Dunkirk, like from a technical standpoint, like you cannot make a better film than this. When you have scenes like when they're and it's in the teaser trailer, when all the soldiers are looking up in unison and you hear the plane coming and it's just, uh, you know, and then you got boats capsizing everywhere. You get the end of the movie with the oil and the fire in the fire. And it's just you're just nervous throughout that whole movie. It when no one does, no one does so brilliantly as you never know when it's going to pop up. It's not. It's different from Saving Private Ryan, where you don't have these long war scenes. It's these really quick spurts of just tension, and Nolan executes that so well. And I'm sorry, Del Toro. It does a good job, but he doesn't come close to emulating any of that in in his film. And I know they're very different movies, but I also want to say this, like. I still think Dunkirk has great character moments and it has great acting. The stuff on the boat with Mark Rylance and his son Mm. and Killian Murphy's character, that is just pure psychological drama. And it's, it's, that's what Nolan, that's what makes Nolan such a great filmmaker is he does. He gives you all the technical aspects, but he still says no 
I still want to have great character moments here. Oh, and, I mean, and I, Tom Hardy's whole thing. Which Tom we can't, Hardy's, we can't, we, we cannot into. spoil that. But I mean, if you, if you're not invested in his story from beginning to end, then I just, you just didn't pay a close enough attention to Dunkirk because that hits you hard at the end. And Bill knows what I'm talking about, mm. but look, and I also, when it, here's the end of the day, I know Del Toro is the front runner here. And people are going to say, like, Dan, you're picking with your heart, not your head. I don't care. I'm going with Christopher Nolan. Okay, I said it at the beginning when Dunkirk came out, and I'm sticking to it. But I also think there's real reason here to pick him, okay? And part of it is got to remember, now, everybody in all the Academy branches are sitting down to vote for this. And so that means you have sound guys and editing guys and visual effects guys and all these other branches. And I really believe that when everyone sits down – and they look at that ballot, they're going to say, like, you know what? Do I maybe like Shape of Water a little bit better than Dunkirk? I guess. But I can't deny that Dunkirk was the better made movie. And that's why I think Nolan is going to win. And again, I don't want to make it seem like Del Toro doesn't do a good job with Shape of Water because he does. But when you're thinking about this category, I, I love Christopher Nolan. You're right. I have a shrine to him. Dark Knight, Inception, Nolan forever. Oh, yeah, I mean, Inception is one of my favorite movies of all time, so it's not like I don't love them either. Um, but it's tough. It'd be and I don't care. I'm going to be like one of those guys on the Titanic playing the violins. I don't care. I'm going down with the ship. I'm it's, picking Nolan. It's it's not like wow. He he went out, He like made a really rando choice. You know. Um, I think. It, it, it's going to be weird because, like, I, I still, don't, I st- I'm still up in the air on what's going to win Best Picture, and I have to pick next. Uh, is when we everything you talked about with Nolan, with the with the, the editing and the sound and the cinematography and everything coming together. I really think Del Toro. There's a reason why he's winning everything. Yeah. He has crafted a beautiful, uh, like a beautiful love story that has. Amazing visuals. He gets great performances out of his actors, and that's another thing that hurts he, Nolan here is that there's does. no and, and, acting. And, there's no acting nominations for uh, Dunkirk. But, but you're but you're not wrong in saying the moments that he created, the moments on the boat with Rylance and Cillian Murphy, um, the moments with um, Harry Styles having to. Hey, he made Harry Styles from One Direction a believable actor. Um, all those moments in the boat. Uh, where, uh, where they have to make a decision on who, you know, uh, I don't want to give too much away. There's there's a, a flooding boat scene. Um, Although everyone's seen it, but yeah. No, no, no. There's, 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 uh, there's some flooding boat scenes throughout. And he does such a great job making that a tense movie throughout. He's cre- he's crafted an amazing film, but so does Del Toro because he, he gets great performances out of Sally Hawkins. He gets a great performance out of Michael Shannon, who, you know, I, I guess uh, in my snubs, I forgot to get. A little surprising. Michael Shannon did get more love for his role. That's he, he was he was great, and he got a great performance out of him. Octavia Spencer, obviously, really good. Michael Stuhlbarg was very good. Absolutely, um, did great directing with Doug Jones, who he's worked on every, almost every single movie he's ever done. Who played, uh, for lack of a word, the, the creature. Um, uh, you know, crafting that uh, crafting that dream sequence, uh, directing an actress to be able to use sign language to communicate throughout her whole thing. There's a lot there. There's a lot to that in terms of the performance, and he also has the special effects, and he also has the editing, and he has the writing. So, at the okay. end, of the, at the end of the yeah, go it, ahead. It's it's a it. 
there's not a wrong answer here, I, I don't think. Um, it, I didn't see Phantom Thread, but I know Paul Thomas Anderson's work. He's a meticulous director. He's done it. He's done great work throughout his career. So for anyone to say, oh, there's great directing in Phantom Thread, that's not a surprise to me. Uh, I, that's why I think like, Greta Gerwig gets more of a straightforward story. She gets great performances, but there's a lot more going on in the other, other, other films. And Get Out, as great of a screenplay is that um, and the directing is very good, but at the same time, there's more weight to these other films. So I think it's a really a Del Toro, Nolan race. And at the end of the day, yeah. I win. They're both two of my favorite directors. Um, so I'm going to go chalk and go Del Toro. I, look, I get it. And I'll say this, like I know, and I said at the beginning that like I would have Del Toro fifth here, but I'm not like he's, and I don't love the movie like I've been talking about, but you know, he's, his direction here is worthy of an Oscar. And I will say like, you're right. Like there's a lot of moving parts to that movie that Del Toro weaves together. But I'll say this. I just, just for me, none of those moving parts, like completely blew me out of the water. I think they're all, uh... I think they're all very good. I think the acting is very, very good. It's all just, like I said, it's just, when I think about Dunkirk though, there are great elements and in shape of water, maybe a couple scenes that you, that I would say are great, but to me just as a whole, and this is why I think that when we're talking about best director, I would give it to Nolan as a whole. I just think Dunkirk is more well-crafted and put together. I think the acting part is going to be what hurts it. No, you're right. I mean, that's that's my biggest fear. And but I do think like people are saying like, oh, lock for Del Toro, like this category is done. And that's well, first a, off, a mistake. That, that's, that's a mistake. Because if any one of these five wins it, I mean, some will be a little more of a shock than others, but all well deserved. I think we could say that. Like if, if Jordan Peele won, you wouldn't be like, oh, I don't want to say. Like because I remember with the Invitation Game, he got the guy got nominated for best director. You're like, what is this happening? Why? That's, yeah, more than yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. But okay, let's move on to Best Picture. And let's do it. And we have um, nine films: Call Me by Your Name, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards. Okay, we said this at the top, um, or a while ago. The Post, as a as a journalist, someone who wor- who's worked for a newspaper myself, this is a fantastic movie. I love this movie. But it's not winning. It's just not. It's a it's a JV spotlight. It, it, it's good, but it's not it's not happening. Darkest Hour, like we we've said, uh, it doesn't really have any other acting nominations besides Gary Oldman. There's no uh, there's no screenplay nominations, no directing nominations. It's not happening. Yeah. Okay, so we've knocked those guys out now. Phantom, I mean, it's it's great that it was here, a surprise entry. But I don't like. I think a lot of people really, really, really like Phantom Thread, but it's gonna be. It's not gonna be any of these other movies. Um, I also think that we can eliminate Call Me by Your Name. I mean, uh, look, if this, I don't no, know. No, it's not. It's not really. I mean, yes, I know that there's a passionate group of supporters that love this film. And it definitely has some really like big time moments. I know the scene that everybody points to is with the one with Michael Stubarg at the end. I don't want to spoil it, but that's, 
I mean, I know that's a scene that has really resonated with people, and that is the best scene of the movie easily. It's just like, look, like I think you also look at other things like, um, you know, I think a lot of people thought that Army Hammer might be nominated, and the fact that like he didn't get a nomination, I think kind of speaks to, um, yeah, we like Call Me By Your Name, but not going to win Best Picture. I think you got to knock it off. Okay, uh, so we're really coming down to, to five. We're down to five, and these are the five. Everyone's saying, hey, it, there is no the. It's Dunkirk, Dunkirk, Lady Bird, Shape of Water, Three Billboards, and Get Out. Now, Dan, according to you, Three Billboards took the BAFTA. It took yes. it took the Golden Globe, and we know you don't yes. you don't love the Golden Globes, but uh, it also took the SAG Award. Yes, well, for ensemble, for correct. PGA uh, went to Shape of Water, and the DGA yes. went, went to Shape. Water. It went to ship water. By the way, I did none of that research. That was all Dan. Um, so, so if if any of that's wrong, you can blame me. <laughs> but I think oh. I'm okay. So, yeah, it, it comes down to like we just we had like a, a pretty like this almost goes back to our, our original argument about from from the last category about best director. Three billboards. It's like it it really would. I guess if you just go based on awards, three billboards and Shape of Water have the most momentum. They have the most big awards. Um, but I almost feel like, and this is going to be, I don't know how you feel about this, but we saw, we've seen the big front runners not win. The Revenant did right. one. Um, I, I, yeah, I and I also what would what did Birdman beat? Well, Birdman, Birdman beat Boyhood, which I no, there I was know another movie it beat. It wasn't. I thought it was. I, I, I think I think you're. I I maybe that was the. I think that was the American Sniper year. Yes, it was. Yes, okay. you, yeah, you picked American Sniper. I picked Boyhood. We were oh, both wrong. <laughs> but but I will say. So I also uh, want to say that Spotlight won. Yeah, and this is and this is why. So I have Nolan winning Best Director. Now, if Nolan wins Best Director, all bets are off. Dunkirk could take it. Having said that, yeah, well, reading if, EW, Nolan, e, read he, EW's coverage was saying like, oh, you know, I think it's going to be this, but they're like, how could Dunkirk? How could it not? You know? No, no. I'm going to tell. I'm going to tell you how it's not. Is that even if Nolan were to win Best Director? Um, well, first of all, if Del Toro loses Best Director, like see a later Shape of Water, in my opinion. Now, having said that, yeah, I can see that too. Dunkirk, like, you know, I think we were talking about at the beginning of this podcast, like if this was 2003, Dunkirk would be your winner. But epics like this have not been winning the last few years. That's yeah. why the Revenant lost. So I do, like I said, legit chance, but I am going to remove Dunkirk. I don't think that's going to take and it. And it's going to go back to what we said before also with the acting. Uh, yep. And so no. I, I agree. I mean, but if you haven't seen Dunkirk, uh, I highly recommend you go see it. It's a fantastic film. Uh, that goes without saying, but everyone has seen it. But so, I just saw it last night. <laughs> so then I think. So then I think we're we are down to four. Um, I think Lady which, Bird, uh, which are Get Out, Lady Bird, Shape of Water, and Three Billboards. Just if you're losing count. I mean, unless now, unless you disagree with me, I, I think I got to put Lady Bird fourth here. And it's just it's I'm just going to keep hitting the same point home. Lady Bird is fantastic. And it, it is, like I said, it's the standard for which I think coming of age stories are now going to be done. It's really. I mean, what Greta Gerwig does is create like a to me like what, what I really don't like about Juno is I just think the characters aren't as real and they're a little more cartoonish. Yes. That's not the case with Lady Bird, even though she calls herself Lady Bird. I feel like these characters are a lot more real. And that really speaks to Ronan's performance. Having said that, for a movie like this to win Best Picture, 
I, I just don't. It, it would just, it's a tough road. My wife said, my wife said, she's like, it's the year of women, so don't rule it out. Because you know, so it's the best original screenplay, big, it has a huge chance. Right. I, I, I've hard to, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to, it's hard to say like that's, yeah, but I, I would have to probably move past that one. We're down to three. Um, so get out. Uh, three billboards, the shape of water. All right. How, how are you feeling about this one? What, what's your gauge here? Oh, oh man. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 you first. <laughs> it's tough because when we talked about last year, why I picked moonlight was be over La La land, which was a big upset, but well, people did give it a shot was you're going over, which I finally saw most of La La land, by the way. And it's, it's a, it's a really, really good movie, but Moonlight had this social resonance to it, and that meant something. I think that's what they want. Some people, some people will say it made up for the years past of Oscar So White. Mm. Um, yeah, but you know, if it won, no one was like. I think that's a lot of jaded opinion. Mo- Moonlight's a great film. It's a very, very visceral, just powerful movie. No, yeah, it's it's, 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 it's that yeah, is a that, best picture winner. That is a lot of people who are just jaded that La La Land lost. So. Um, Get Out has that cultural relevance, while Three Billboards, like Shape of Water, has that fantastical element. It has that kind of grandeur. So I'm going to say it. I'm knocking out Shape of Water. It's not. That's number three. Bill, I completely and 100 percent agree with you, my friend. If and it's crazy it, because we're really going against the grain because it won the PGA. But you know what? I have that movie third as well. Yeah, because I think Del Toro will take the director, so I think it'll be like that. That's what it's almost like a make good for that in some respects too. But it, it's a really good movie. I love it a lot, and it's just. But we've seen the trend has just been more of these smaller pictures that have emotional weight, and, and there is emotional weight to Shape of Water, in my opinion. But it, mm-hmm. it's different. It, it, it's that's it, sci-fi. It has fantasy elements to that. That doesn't always win unless you're Lord. Of the, you know, the year of the Return of the King. Sure. Um, so it really comes down to Get Out or Three Billboards. Man, so it'd be insane if Get Out won, like in a good way. Like that would be crazy because that's his first film. And and Three Billboards, which I have not seen, but it's got the acting pedigree. It's got the acting, which we're seeing, and it is a small film. Let's let's not get it twisted. That's still an independent film. This of course. Is, it just happened to be come out and be like, everyone loved it. It made a ton of money. And I, I am a Martin McDonough fan. In Bruges, I think, is like if you've never seen it, it's a tremendously clever and it, a movie. I love it. Um, Seven Psychopaths, I think, is very underrated, even though it was at the screening. Jeffrey Lyons eviscerated it as one of the worst movies he's ever seen. Uh, I sat right behind him, and I didn't get that. Um, and it's a tough call, man. Well, all right. So first of all, I just want to pile more on The Shape of Water. Um, because – all right. So my whole thing is is like I actually do think there's a La La Land Moonlight comparison here because um, as we've been talking about, Shape of Water – like when you okay, so when it, you talk about is, La, when, no, when you when you talk about La La Land, like that is the movie where everyone recognizes like it's just so well made in all these areas, okay? Right, and um, it's but the same thing you, as the Revenant, like Revenant La La Land, were cleaning up 
and did yeah revenant revenant won best director yep but but when i think of best picture especially the last couple movies that have won i think of lasting impact okay exactly and on in the shape of water like yes it's a you know, it's a well done movie, but like when you leave the theater and I've seen it twice now, like you're not thinking about it very much afterwards. Okay. Like you appreciate it. It's very likable. It's very charming. But when you think of movies like three billboards and get out, those leave an impact. You again, remember go, them. You're talking back, about it with your to, friends for days. Going back to Pan's Labyrinth again, that ending, I still talk about people will still talk about that ending 10 years later because it was so good. Right. And because it was so unexpected. Where this was, oh, that's a similar ending, but it's still a really good movie. So you're right. It doesn't have that impact. It really doesn't. I love that movie, but it, it does not have that impact. Right. And I think – and this is where I'm going to – I'm going to pick a lane here. I'm going to say for my Best Picture winner, I'm going with three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. It's a hard one to argue against. So, so because when I think of – you know, with Get Out, it's, it's such a well-made movie – I do think, though, if you wanted to go to one of the weaknesses of the film, it's a good ending. Okay, I'm not taking that away. Uh, that last but line I, is But so it's funny. not. But it's not. But I do feel like it's an ending that's kind of rushed. Um, and so it's a little like I don't want to say sloppy. That's the wrong word. But I, it just feels like it comes together yeah. a little quickly. When I think of three billboards, and I don't want to spoil anything because people should really go see it. That is an ending that makes you think – you are thinking about that ending for days. And I kind of talked about this when I when I picked Alice and Janie for Best Supporting Actress, that memorable factor. To me, Three Billboards is that movie that is most memorable because when pe- – and I know there are naysayers out there on it. But honestly, like the people that like Three Billboards, it's the movie that they are passionately talking. Like whenever I talk about Three Billboards with a friend or something, they're they're like blown away. Like I can't stop thinking about this movie. Um, And it's just – it's a really – it's one of those premises that like – if if it was your premise and you brought it up in like a screenwriting class, like the teacher would be like, oh, that is – that's really interesting because it's a very simple idea of this main character, Frances McDormand, putting up these three billboards because she wants justice for what happens to her daughter. And it just has – it's a simple idea, but it ha- resonates throughout the town, putting this town really in kind of chaos. And it has such an effect on all these other characters and it's like – where it's so complicated and really makes you think is like you sympathize with Frances McDormand and like you understand why she's putting up these billboards, but it's also like you want to think about like, oh, but look what it's doing to Woody Harrelson's character and look what it's doing into to this town. Like, you know, what's right here? You know, you know, should she still be putting up these billboards? It gives you so much to think about, including Sam Rockwell's character, who is just I mean, that's, you know, that's part of the reason why I go to the movies is to see great character arcs. And boy, does Sam Rockwell have a great character arc. You know, even if you don't agree with the end result of it and you feel like, ah, maybe this, you know, I don't know, it's it's tough to buy into this. Maybe, you know, maybe it could have been written better, but it gets you talking about it. And it's like that's that's what a best picture movie does is it has that impact and it gets conversations going. And there's so much to talk about with three billboards. And that's why I think it's going to win this. If we're going this route that I'm going to pick it out. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, and, and believe here, it's close for me too. Like, don't here, get me wrong. Here's why I feel like 
Get Out is going to it's a Feb, remember this is a you know February release and there are very few films that have I mean this film has stayed fresh and relevant for a year which is really hard to do. Yep. People I, like I saw it last night and a lot of like um my in-laws they saw it they're like eh, it's okay I don't know what's an Oscar movie. But I watched it last night. I went to the I'm like, okay, this is a horror movie. I'm gonna watch it like a horror movie, and I'm not a huge horror fan. But I could tell you, I was riveted to the screen the entire. Like, I almost felt like I needed to stop the movie and walk away because I watched it on demand just to, to catch my breath. And it very rarely has that happened. And like, it's a movie I want to go back to to see the nuance too. But well, there's some parts that weren't amazing, sure. But like, I feel like. At the end of the day, when we think in a couple of years from now, are we going to be thinking about three billboards or we're going to think about Get Out? Now, I haven't seen three billboards, so I can't total, I can't make that this argument wholeheartedly. But I feel like Get Out is this movie that's going to last for a long, long time. And I feel like there's a lot to it. It's super creative. It's super original. And it, ta- it even takes people who are like – um, like Alison Williams, who most people are not fans of the performance wise and turns her, it gives her a really good character. Uh, it creates this world that should be illogical and plants it into, and makes the sense, it makes sense. And it extrapolates out to society. And it, it just like works on a ton of levels. I basically go back to my screenplay argument. And I think this is the movie that's going to last for a long time. And that's why I think it's going to win. It has, it's going to have that. It has going to have, like you were saying with three billboards. I think it's this is this has a little more resonance. I know uh, three billboards made a lot of money. It's making a lot of fans, but I feel like this is the movie that keeps in waves, just like keeps making more and more and more fans and more and more people are behind it. So that's why I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go get out. I think it's. I mean, hey, listen, could any of these any of those five films we talk about take it? Absolutely, but I'm gonna I'm gonna plant my flag and get out. I agree with everything that you just said, but here's the thing: when we talk in as much as we love talking about the Oscars, and as much as it's my you know cinematic Christmas here, one of the things that I think the Oscars fumbles with at times is they pick a movie that in the now is great, but 10 years from now, we don't really talk about. And so, like, I agree with you. Like, we will be talking about Get Get Out in 10 years where we might not be with three billboards. I I think that's fair. But look, let's take a look at some of the past Oscar winners. Is there anybody – King's Speech? You know, that's the one I always like to bring up. It's one of your first stories for Pop Break, yeah. Are more people talking – and think about the movies that it went up against Samir that year. Are people talking about the King's Speech more today, or are they talking about Inception, The Social Network, Black Swan, Toy Story 3? So that is actually – I think you you made a really good point there, but I think that's actually an argument against Mm. Get Out. So, but, look, but, but, yeah, go we're, ahead. But we're, we're almost, remember what I was saying in the beginning, it was like, we're almost looking at like, all, like one of these movies had that kind of underdog story to it. And that's some of the movies that they, they've picked instead. And I think we don't have that this year. So this, this might be the exception to the rule. Ah, uh, but I still, well, but no, when I, know. I, they don't pick when them, I look they at a movie them. and I also, a couple, one other thing I do want to bring up too, is that when you look at three billboards, um, I think it's, you know, this is something we talked about that hurts Nolan. Get Out 
one acting nomination, three billboards, three, including two in one category. Mm. I mean, that's that's huge. And yeah. that's I also oh, and, and one other thing is no editing nomination for Get Out. Yeah. I think that's I that's a bad, bad sign. Whereas you look at a movie like Three Billboards and for for kind of like this just kind of very dark comedy for a movie like that to get an editing nomination. I think that speaks volumes, but I'll say this, I'll say this bill. I, you and I are, are, our choices make a lot of, we're, we're very consistent because we both, we're both saying no to the shape of water. However, this goes back to what I was saying early on and why best original screenplay is the most important category of the night. I believe whatever movie wins best original screenplay that will be your best picture winner. I really believe that. Yeah, that's and what, so you pick Get Out, and you pick Get Out for best picture. I pick three billboards for screenplay. I'm picking three billboards for best picture. Yeah, so there you have it, folks. Uh, that yeah. is that is whew, that is a two hour podcast right there, people. Uh, we are yeah, you know, we're excited. We're gonna have this out. We're gonna we're looking to. Uh, I'm just almost breathless from thinking about this. So it, it is. It is. A, I'm excited. You can feel it in the air. Yeah, I mean, some of these categories, like we said, have been kind of. We know what's going to happen, but I think there's a lot when it comes to the major films. There's a lot to be discussed and a lot, a lot of debate to be had. So, um, yeah, I think this is going to be an extremely interesting Oscar year. So, uh, Dan, where can people find you on the internet to yes yell at you for stuff? Yep, you can, you can yell at me about uh, Dan. You know, your crazy Shape of Water is the greatest movie ever made. Whatever you can tweet that to me at D Cohen Writer. Again, that is at D Cohen Writer. And I always say every year, the one day a year where the D Cohen Writer Twitter timeline is blowing up is Oscar night. I'll be tweeting all throughout the ceremony, including giving my picks of some of the ones we didn't get to here like production design, um, you know, makeup, all that stuff as the night goes along. So stay tuned. A lot of Oscar fun to be had. Yes. And if you want to find us, we're, uh, we're the pop break.com. We are at pop break.com all spelled out on Twitter. We're forward slash pop break.com all spelled out on Facebook. We're at the pop break on Instagram. We are youtube.com backslash user backslash pop break.com all spelled out on the YouTube. A lot of great videos up there. Uh, and if you want to yell at me, I am at Bodkin Writes on Twitter. Uh, we will ha- be having a ton of content up on the site. Uh, deep dives from Dan Cohen. We'll also have some of our staff writers be chiming in with some ri- from some Oscar stuff. So uh, yeah, we will and also please uh, for this podcast, uh, please please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. We would very much appreciate it. Check out some of our great uh, past podcasts that we've been doing. Uh, you can find the breakcast on the iTunes store. And, you search it. You go to the SoundCloud. podcast tab. Yeah, and SoundCloud, absolutely. Soon to find be elsewhere, the... too. But... Ooh, there you go. That's a tease, folks. Um, but yeah, but definitely check out some of our other past podcasts. Bill and I do a wonderful Star Wars The Last Jedi review. We just did one for Black Panther, Justice League. Um, also, you can check out our top 10 most anticipated movies of 2018. Uh, so please check us out. All right, thank you so much, guys, and we will be live tweeting along with Dan, um, like at popbreak.com on Twitter. So for Dan Cohen, this is Bill Bodkin saying we will see you Sunday night after the Oscars when Dan and I will do a quick uh, review podcast of the evening. So check your uh, check your uh, phones and your SoundCloud and wherever you get your podcast because we will be coming at you on Oscar night. Thank you. 
for checking us out.